As we had left off last week, we'd finally made it through to Cobbler. Finally fought through the near seemingly everything that stood between Jewel Gates and the city that we thought may well just be right on the other side. Quite an impressive distance, actually. Very difficult gate to use regularly. I don't have post-traumatic stress anymore. I just have traumatic stress disorder now. But as we'd arrived, we'd been escorted out from the ruins of the old city of Sagarok, past the wall still standing, separating Kovler itself, a seemingly fully functional, alive and happy dwarven city, minding its business attached to this massive sprawling ruin in this truly gargantuan underground cavern that seems to go on near forever. The walls extending long past the dim lights of the city, both across the ruins of Sagarok itself and out over the large lake to the east. You had met with one of the members of the so-called Council of Regents, the governmental body of Cobbler. The dwarves calling the shots, making things happen. And that here was Forge Master Thunderflare. Shared the brief story that you had to tell, and some of the rest of the Council of the Regents, some few hours later, fortunately, giving you very appreciated time to rest, to relax, to clean up somewhat. To appreciate from the her hours biceps. of battle mm-hmm. that you have been slogging through. Hey, now, need some walnuts cracks. Just put them right here and flex. <laughs> Man, her biceps. Absolutely ripped. I mean, it turns out being a forge master is is very physical. That mallet probably not super light in the first place, mm. and then requires a large amount of force to. That's bend an anvil metal. by itself to most people. Yeah, man. Like you I could mean, literally. Keep just... in, keep in <sighs> mind, Marshall is a forge dwarf. He's huge for a reason. Marshall is also similarly jacked. <laughs> just for comparison, it's a similar appearance. She could just bench press me. <laughs> <laughs> How much could Resme possibly weigh? Like probably mm-hmm. not that much, actually. Probably like yeah, she's yeah. wafy. Like, I, I imagine probably gear. more of the party than not could bench press Resme. That's true. Resca. It feels so weird now. Res I mean, definitely could not. You Resca were definitely did. in the in the fail side of that category. Literally everyone else. I could. think everyone else. Every could, every other person probably could. Yeah. Look at eighteen strength. Nineteen. Nineteen strength. <laughs> Twenty strength. Fourteen. Fourteen strength. You, you probably probably still yeah, for like a hundred ten pound elf. If that maybe. Like even <laughs> I could I could bench press. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> Before we get horribly off track once more, we had arrived here in the Regents Hall and briefly been introduced by Forge Master Thunderflare to the ten members of the Dwarven Council. Not individually, mind you, but to the row of them now sat across a broad, dark oak table from you in a rather empty but for but a well lit chamber. No audience is held here. No one to bear witness, save for you, the council themselves. Not even a single scribe or page on duty in sight. Each of the ten members dressed formally, but very differently. Sporting different regalia based on, assumedly, their guilds. Commander Bronzebeard, the other one you're familiar with, actually wearing heavy 
what seems to be stone wrought armor, uh, but with a massive metal full helm uh, sat on the table in front of him and a huge double-bladed axe at his hip. And Forge Master Thunderflare herself, still wearing a much more elaborate but heavy brown apron over a much more formal attire. He would come, he would have been welcomed, he would have been briefly introduced. And as we had left off, Commander Bronzebeard had been the last to speak. I hear we have you to thank for dealing with the gog infestations in Sagarok. We just barely got reports and sent our best scouts up there to assess the region. Scout Oakcrest had only been up there a pair of forge days before she bring out a report to me personally with a group of you striding out weapons of bloodied with the dark meat of the gugs he'd slaughtered. A good service for Cobbler to be certain. But the Forge Master tells us you have much more to share. And uh, Bronzebeard did not rise from his seat for this. Uh, the Forge Master, however, had seated herself, but stands back once more, uh, leaving her hammer on the table in front of her. She extends her hands before her. A rather welcoming gesture, even though her face remains almost stern. Not hostile, but very formal, very almost detached. Indeed, I've heard the simplest word you told me of what you've experienced on your travels here. But now, before myself and the rest of the Council of Regents, the heads of the ten guilds of our fine city of Kovler, we'd like to hear your story told in full. All you're willing to share with us. What's brought you to our town, how you have arrived here, and what fears you face within the walls of our city. The floor is yours. And she takes her seat back down. Uh, Resme will uh, respectfully uh, step up and uh, bow her head to each of the ten uh, respectfully. Um, you got ten uh, rather different faces or reactions here. Uh, Forge Master Thunderflare nods back to you. Uh, more, more than simple acknowledgement. Almost a show of support, a show of some degree of faith in you. She wants to get a sense of where their initial feelings toward her are, which is where she's doing this. Many of them are very, uh, this is the first you've met the entire council, save for Thunderflare itself. So many of them are simply curious or simply here as a station of their office waiting. Uh, a quick responsive nod. Uh, nothing really readable in their faces. Uh, save for Thunderflare, who again seems almost supportive, and uh, one other dwarf who seems to be wearing something akin to the stone armor that Commander Bronzebeard is adorned with, though something much lighter. A, a pair of curved, wrought, almost smooth pauldrons, but in even a stone cap perched upon, uh, atop his te uh, head to match. Uh, he looks back with no response okay. as you nod towards him, as does a much more elderly let me find here a much more elderly dwarven man uh, with a beard almost just grown white and wild obscuring most of the robe that he appears to be wearing massive gnarled lumpy nose 
the only real visible feature behind all the hair framing his face. He looks up, almost grim. It even narrows his eyes a bit okay. as you look at Those them. are the two I gotta convince then. You got you, you get the a solid feeling that there are two of them who are not happy to be here. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's what I needed to know to begin with. But Thunderflare is seemingly on your side. Um so it all started in in Breach Hill, my home, uh, in Taldor, which is on the Cheliax border. Yskir. sorry. I don't know why I was. I know do that, that. Was, yeah, obviously Resume was lived there and would not say that. <laughs> You're good. Uh we were it, I guess it's just me now, were asked to do something for our town to try to investigate uh, a goings-on in a, a keep near where we live. <sighs> She'll start to take them uh, through the tale of uh, what happened, um, mostly trying to stick to the facts, um, but she will let herself get emotional and so they can feel her fear of the things that happened to her in the keep as they were happening. She's not going to try to keep that emotion and the memories that she experienced while she was doing it from her voice. Um, and then she'll get to the gates. And at that, she will stop and she will uh, try to explain the concept of Ayudara to them in, in layman's language um, so that they can all kind of get a sense of what these things are. And how much are you telling them about also this ring in particular? Um, she won't get into the, the magical science behind it, but she'll tell them uh, that there are this many gates, that these are the ones we have the keys to, these are the ones we know about. Uh, this one was broken. We have no idea where it goes or, or what it does. No, it was once six gates, but now but five. But now five. Um, she'll tell them that initially we had no idea where they went, but they border my home. And we could not just leave such a thing there and not investigate it. Our families live in preach hell. We cannot leave something like that undefended on our on our doorstep. Right. As I'm sure that they would understand. Um, she'll tell them about uh, Mwangi. Uh, she'll let her fondness for... Um, the people she met there and the friendships that she made. Uh, and she'll tell them that, you know, there was a lot of hesitancy in in them at first and that we had to work very, very hard to gain their trust. And as you start speaking as to, uh, to this here, uh, that elderly, almost bulbous-nosed dwarf taps on the table in front of him uh, with a small gavel and uh, interrupting your flow for a moment as mm -hmm. you're getting through your story. Uh, several of the guild heads turn towards him as he stands up from his chair. Rather hunched, his height not massively changing uh, from seated to upright. Quite short, even for a dwarf. Uh, but as he stands and leans forward, his brow kind of furrowed, his massive, billowing beard uh, 
bustling up on the edge of this oak table a little bit. He raises one hand out towards you in an almost universal why kind of gesture. I'm sorry, but I'm failing to understand how exactly these world traveling experiences of yours have any weight into the problems of Kovla or any of the dwarven kingdoms of that. I simply felt you wished to understand the context of what happened in its entirety so that you could understand why we took certain actions in the way that we did. If I don't tell you the whole story, then the actions we take later on in it don't make any sense. Your choices and actions that have led you here to Kovler today, to my understanding, seem to be of almost little consequence. We were summoned here to address a supposed threat, a group perhaps working to undermine the Council of Regents and the city of Kovler herself. Not hearing about stories of elves living in trees in the jungles. But your enemies started there. I figured you would wish to know what they had done before this so that you could understand the scope of their actions as they took them later. And uh, Thunder Flare would rise as well, putting one hand down the desk in front of her as she pointed out over to this old dwarf. Sentinel Groblind. I'd ask on behalf of the Council of Regents to allow the travelers to tell their story in full. What information may and may not be pertinent is not for you or any of us here to immediately judge. We're here to listen and then pass judgment on whether any of this serves any consequence. Not be interrupted by your opinions. And, uh, puts his hand up and sits back down. Of course. As you were, then. I apologize for my interruptions. Uh, no, of, of course. Uh, I, I shall continue then. Um, she'll tell them about the, the, wow, the word for what those <laughs> stupid things were just Very much head. knocked Thank off you, track totems. now. Flow gone. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the totems, uh, She'll tell them about the totems, about the magic imbued in them. Um, she'll tell them about what we found in the lair and how later it apparently disappeared and, and fell apart. She wasn't there for that, but that is apparently what happened. That the cultists were almost wiped out and that the ones that stayed kind of dispersed and just went back to being their normal society. Um, how we came back to Breach Hill not really intending to do much with our information until they attacked us in our home and kidnapped a dear friend and threatened to kill him. And at that point, we were forced to literally defend the place where all of our families were. And we knew that they weren't going to stop coming for us. We knew that we had something they wanted. Um, she will purposefully skip over talking about the deaths and then she'll kind of 
almost shiver a little and she'll backtrack to what happened in the dungeons to she the fact that she woke up and everyone all of her friends everyone she knew and loved was dead before her and she was asleep for it and helpless and could do nothing to save them and that this man is the only reason I am alive and he has my everlasting gratitude and friendship for it he didn't know me or any of us and he pulled my friend buddy and I out of that hellhole and he took us home and we wanted to stay home we didn't we didn't start off wanting any of this, but it was thrust upon us. And once we realized that they weren't going to stop, we realized that we had to take the fight away from Breach Hill. So we went on to the next gate and we found, we found a town ablaze in the middle of most of the people of the town being kidnapped into slavery. And so we were thrown into something else. We really didn't have time to think. We just, we, we, we saved the town because it was the right thing to do. And because we were there and we could. And uh, at that wing of your story where you're telling the tale of the Scarlet attack on uh, Piper's Point, when you stepped in to stop triad pirates from just sailing off with near the entire population of that town uh, you, you definitely see a few reactions uh, most notably from commander bronzebeard now these these dwarves across in the council or across the table from you in the council are almost somewhat intimidating they barely react to your story they're sitting watching you can almost feel the judgment pouring out of their gazes as they're not nodding along there no indication really of their thoughts until now when at that and that alone uh commander bronzebeard literally like the first real reaction uh, since the interruption gives a stout nod uh, and throws his brow a bit clearly in approval of the actions, uh, your course of actions back in Ravenel. And Lady Rasheen has made it the mission of her entire life to stop tyrants from hurting innocent people and putting them into places and situations where they have no control over their lives and futures. And we all felt the same, but especially her, and we understood it with her past and what she'd been through. And we didn't understand why they had gone from what was what they were doing in the Mwangi jungle to this. It just seemed so disconnected. We had to figure it out, find the connection, and it just wasn't there yet. So we, we were lucky enough to make some very good friends who we met back up with in, in Ravenel, including Valia, who I hadn't seen since the Mwangi jungle. Uh, also a, a dear friend who apparently felt very guilty for the fact that she couldn't, she couldn't save my friends either. 
And so she came with us to try to discover this truth, and she lost a limb, something very precious to her. She said that she had no regrets in giving it, and I'm eternally grateful for her sacrifice because she she put herself in harm's way. And then she'll continue on her story, taking them through Ravenel, um, uh, meeting up with the uh, the group of halflings who also made it the their life, the Bellflower Network. Um, and how we made uh, an everlasting connection with them, actually setting up their network so that they could actually help slaves. The escape. previous city that you said from yeah. the Scarlet Trail. <laughs> <laughs> you give them the resume, basically. Yeah. The resume, resume. Thank you. Um, and that essentially the friends we made and the things we did were turning into something so much greater than they envisioned. And it wasn't something that we were planning, it was just something that was happening as we were going along. Um, she'll tell them about the quarry, about, about losing another comrade and about meeting Raz, um, who they sla saved from the, the slave pits and who apparently has his own score to settle with the Scarlet Triad. Um, about how apparently the Scarlet Triad is planning something and that that something is going to happen in Kavlar. That you have an enemy in your midst and it is an enemy that does not come out and state their intentions and their plans and throw their knives out into the open, but creeps among you like the the moss and the algae and the poisonous fungus that creeps along your caves. And that if you ignore it, it will consume you before you even know it's there. That every time the Scarlet Triad or whoever these people are move to a different place, they change their tactics, they change what they're doing, they change why they're doing it. And we don't know what their overall intentions are, but we do know that wherever they go, death and misery and fear follow them. And I don't know why we risked our lives to come here when I suppose you could say it's no concern of ours, but we feel like it is now. We feel like we're the only ones who know enough about it to protect the people who it's coming for. How could we not do something? It would be like leaving that town to burn, inexcusable and unconscionable. So, sat at one end of the table with a single coin in front of her. Uh, Another one of the dwarves taps her gavel against the desk before standing. Now she's got brown hair pulled back into a rather loose kempt bun on the back of her hair. Uh, a wide array of much smaller braids coming together into just a wide knot. Uh, and has some finely gilded scale mail hanging from her uh, her chest 
with a fairly large gold chain uh, hanging sep uh, separately to the iron and brass medallion that all ten of the regent members seem to bear. Uh, and as she stands up here for a moment, putting her hands together, one fist and the other in front of her, looking first to Resume and the rest of the party. So, if I'm to understand this correctly, this group, this Scarlet Triad, they've been working it all into this weird portal thing of yours. For no particular reason you can really tell. And you got no real angle as to what they're looking to do in Kovlar either. I don't mean no offense by that, just seeming to state how the facts lie. It's true enough. We know that they mean to do something, but we don't know exactly what that is yet. Rather hard to set up any kind of defenses for an enemy that may or may not even be coming. Much less knowing what they're even after. Well, I would imagine that in most cases, it's difficult to know what the enemy wants until the enemy declares itself to you. And by that time, sometimes it's too late. Um, Rasheen will just kind of straighten a bit, but not interrupt. I may. The Triad has always operated below the eyes of the authorities. Indeed, their network in Ravenel was so extensive, uh, specifically because they stayed out of official eyes. Had the Silver Council been made aware earlier, they could have put pay to it long before people of theirs were taken and locked in pits. I'm not saying that they're not here. I'm not saying that it might not necessarily, we know exactly what their plans are here. But wherever it is, they seek power. And they seek that through slavery, or they seek that through gaining access to ancient artifacts. There's even been talk of trying to set up an assassin's guild, uh, using the portals to transport their members across the world. All we say is that we have evidence from their papers that they intended to come here. Indeed, that one of their members was indeed here. One of Marshal Emberbeard's clan, uh, who has been following us along and is a spectacular party member, saving our lives on many occasions. And his family's involvement in this is something he feels very keenly. I'm not saying that we know have all the answers, but we know that there's a threat, and we hope to work with you to be able to find it and put an end to it. Well, of course, love. I don't want to give, give you the wrong impression. I'm not trying to talk you down about nothing. Sounds like it's very well a dire threat indeed. Spanning much of the world above. I'm just saying I'd be a little skeptical of farting a bunch of my own coin. But I'm not even really sure where I'd be going. It sounds as if if this is a threat to Kovler and looks down the table to her left at all the other regents uh, spread out down the row from her. It's something we're looking more to study, more to learn of, more to find about before we can really set foot to stop in it. But this, just my eye on the situation is all. And if, uh, if I may, there is one more thing I should share with you. I came to join Resme uh, in Breach of Late. I am an itinerant uh, devotion of Milani. She sends me visions of conflicts to bear that need help and puts me on my path to get there. I arrived in Breach Hill and the very next day uh, the triad struck and my arm, my sword arm was needed. I fought this, this 
conflict. Brought all of Ravenel hunting down tyrants, as my lady would wish me. There is another vision that I've received in dreams and perhaps nothing for lawmakers such as yourselves. But it is something that drives me on my journey, and I must share it with you. Beast of shadow and malice. Blood of the earth running inside of it. As its sights set here on Kovlar. Around it, a scarlet net attempts to be thrown. But not to stop it, but to guide it. It's not much to go on, but that too is a vision I have. And one which I hope to prevent from coming to pass. Uh, while a couple of the council, as you tell them this, kind of narrow their eyes a bit, furrow their brows in an indicative display of either just a total lack of understanding or skepticism or <sighs> even like outright Dreams dismissal. Or dwarves. Uh, one. <laughs> <laughs> one taps his gavel lightly before standing from his seat. A few down the table from Forge Master Thunderflare. Uh, and as he stands, he has a wand tucked in his belt. Uh, a gnarled, curved, almost spiraling work of wood that expands at one end. Uh, the bark still left on the top half of it, splitting into almost fingers, clutching a large, shimmering golden pearl and he stands now now I know many of my fellows here at the council uh, the uh, council of regents are quick to scoff at prophecy and divination and are we fools to dismiss as such magic and fates are interwoven together in interesting powerful and oft unpredictable uh, manners. Writing this off as simple ravens or dreams in the midst of, well, such claims of danger be a foolish decision. That said, what you tell is very vague, all considered may perhaps spell doom or ruin ruin for Kovler. may spell doom and ruin for your dinner may mean nothing at all but i wouldn't so callously disregard claimed words of prophecy look at that pearl <laughs> what, 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 what is that is he just <laughs> Never start speaking. Like the entire council's eyes just kind of shift. This weird bird. <laughs> What's that, that, that's very shiny. It, it, it's too big, though. I think. Do, do we have to put Severn in sock? Oh, I think he's alright. It's alright. Marshall gets a little uh, uneasy and starts gripping his axe like, <laughs> like get, and he kind of gives Resme that look like, get that bird down. <laughs> Thunderflare rises up from her seat again, looks down one side of the table and the other before I turn to address the party once again. All right. Well, you tell a tale of uh, Scarlet Triad 
A group largely unknown to us and seemingly largely unknown to yourselves. And the coves that are here isn't the first place they've set their sights. So you told us of this... This... Ayudara, this portal. You can call it Alceta's Ring. And she, uh, closes her eyes for a second. Alceta's Ring, then. A bit of tenseness in her voice. Are they using this? Surely it's no coincidence that all the places its magic is extending is where the Scarlet Triad happens to be showing up. And furthermore, how exactly if it's in a castle that belongs to the group of you and you have the keys to the thing? Well, we only have some of the keys, the ones we've taken back from them. It's our belief that they have the others, that they got them from someone. We didn't find the keys in the castle, just the gate. Indeed, it seems that the triad's been going through great lengths to acquire the keys, uh, and we have relieved them of quite a number. So these seeds have been sown long before the group of you were starting to use uh, also that is ring yourselves. Oh, for certain. For some reason, they seem to be particularly wary of attempting to siege Breach Hill itself, uh, preferring more covert methods. Strange, if they have the power you claim they do, and Breach Hill is a town as small as you claim it is. It does seem an odd tack. Well, One of their agents said just such a thing in their letters. It does border Cheliax, and it's possible they don't wish to gain their ire or their notice before they're ready to. Cheliax is a name I've certainly heard before. They've, they've used Cheliax and some of its nobles in, in games that they've been playing with the nobility. Well, she picks her hammer up off the table and once more holds it up before her chest. Truth be told, there's a mite more to these proceedings here than what I've informed you before you arrived. The good town of Kovler, our city, our kingdom, and our people, had our fair share of troubles. Strange happenings afoot. Odd incidents the last few weeks. There has been some fear that it doesn't all stand disconnected. That something may be driving behind the scenes to work some shadow across the city. To further darken the caverns in which we live. Now, there are newcomers to Kovler. Each and all of you, as I said. And save one of you I wouldn't trust that you know much of our people or our customs. We've precious little to judge you on, and precious little time to do it. If there truly is something happening, and worse, if this Scarlet Triad may be working to make things connect out of our view, we need to address it as soon as possible. But first, we have to know we can trust you. She puts the butt of the hammer on the table in front of her turning it so one head faces back towards the council and one out towards the group of you. It came to us from the forsaken ruins of Sagarok, the dead shell of the haunted city. It came together 
as one clan. And she looks at Marshall and down to the clan dagger at his hip. From wherever you come and wherever you intend to go. If we're going to entrust the safety and security of Kovler, and we're going to impart to you knowledge we have gleaned, the investigations we've put forth into this, and trust that's going into good hands, and good hearts, we have to know that each and every one of you is trustworthy. Now, human diplomacy up on the surface runs a wee bit differently. If you're scholars, your emissaries and your envoys speaking for whole swaths of men and entire councils and kingdoms. But if we're going to thrust five of you to come to Cobbler's aid, we're going to need to be able to trust all five of you. Fairly said. If it comes to be at the Council of Regents, the heads of the guilds, think you're worthy and we wish to place our faith in you the aid of Kovler is rich and powerful if this scarlet triad's working here in anywhere in any way we'll see to it you have the resources you need to root them out we'll give you the men the weapons the arms you deem necessary that we can spare that the guilds themselves are willing to offer we only ask they aid us. They stop this shadow from falling any further. And stop the last of Sogarok's lights from being snuffed out prematurely. Now, uh... Anybody want to make me a perception check? Sure. Just for a general... Uh, any or all of you can make this. Just for as you've been introduced so far, a general... Page. Of the council here. Alright, Trishik, what do you got? 30. 30? Um, mine was a uh, 24, so not that high. 24, Reyes? 29. 29? 27. 27. Uh, does this count as a sense motive? It is a sense motive, yes. 36. Uh, so... Save for Marshall, who I guess perhaps has a great focus on appearances and is really wishing it wasn't Resume telling the story, perhaps. Yeah, he's not too happy about how uh, uh, Roisin did the name drop without him speaking because he was trying to keep his identity a little on the DL oh. about the being related to the triad because now... Hey, he's with these guys. Like... <laughs> we probably should have talked about that. Fair. Oops. You're a little distracted at the moment. Uh, but Rez, Rasheen, Trishik, you can all tell that not only the Dwarven Council sitting here, largely, again, safe for Forge Master Thunderflare, uh, they're not just wearing a veneer of diplomatic skepticism here. Uh, they're not just hiding their emotions, their thoughts in a traditional manner. Uh, they seem almost wholly dismissive in, in uh, several cases of even the concept of calling this meeting together, even of speaking with the group of you. Hmm. Uh, most of the council at this point has not bothered to interject or say anything. Uh, they have sat there, they have listened, they have let the few regents who have decided to stand and ask a couple of questions ask, 
and largely just let Thunderflare lead things as she saw fit. Uh, and Resme, you get the feeling that your timing, though it's very possible these woes that have befallen Cobbler recently, might be at the behest of the Scarlet Triad, might be exactly why you're here. These problems followed by five weirdos claiming to have shown up out of a magic portal in Sagarak to be their salvation. It's not lining up real good in their heads. <laughs> Makes sense. I would feel the same. But this Forge Master Thunderflare stands back again, still standing there, still gripping her hammer. We here are a council. I stand as speaker, bearing no more, no less power than any other dwarf at this table. Each of us have an equal say in the way Kovlers run, the way our operations go, and who we decide to trust with our defense and our secrets. I only speak as the, as the guildmaster of the largest of Kovlers' guilds, and even then, only for now. But I, as well as each of my brothers and sisters here, will be given an opportunity to assess the character of each of you. To ask their question, to determine, to the best of their knowledge, who you are, and whether we should trust you, place our faith in your hands. Now, she turns her hammer upside down, leaving on the table. Mine won't stand up like that because it has a little ropey thing on it. But hers will sit. Ah, oh, there we go. Hers will sit there. When you give up. I give up. <laughs> I just dropped it and it sat there. I couldn't sit it there intentionally. And, uh, steps back. I don't know how familiar most of the group of you are with how things are run down here. But in order to keep this orderly to the point, and to allow each of the regents their fair shot to determine whether or not we can trust you. We'll go individually. One at a time, and you land so much the same. Understood? Are you good? That said, this business here seems dire. And this scrutiny is very much official. If you need, take time, take a moment to assess and prepare your responses. You're not wanting to misspeak here. Both of our fates may depend on it. Now, as the head of the council, we'll speak first. Forge Master Nisavin Thunderflare, head of the Anvilers Guild. Currently the largest guild in Kovler. We work as the smiths, running the main forge, smithing not just the weapons and arms of the guild of arms, and not just the tools of the stonemasons and the carpenters, but working for all the day-to-day -day operation of all of Kovler's equipment. Taking pride in our work and our fires, producing only the best, Maintaining the reputation of Kovler's goods throughout the kingdoms, both above and below. And as she speaks here, her introduction, let me, her friendly GM, introduce how this is going to go. 
you've she's clearly spoken the most, and you had a bit of time with her before all of this started. Uh, and before you really get into her judgment, trying to impress and prove to her, even though she seems like I mean, she's called this whole council together to present the group of you, you got a moment during her own introductions to kind of try to size her up and figure out how perhaps you could best make an impression. Uh, for those of you who are around for a War for the Crown campaign uh, that we did on this channel before Age of Ashes, this is actually this is going to run kind of similar to the influence system. Uh, but rather than us going round by round at a big noble's gala, it's a much more straightforward series of dwarven diplomacy. So as she speaks, introduces herself, her pride, and her guild, Ichia in turn can roll either a perception or a society check to attempt to understand how best to uh, impress this guildmaster. Uh, what, uh, what tack to take, what faux pas perhaps to avoid, how not to offend them. And uh, each of you can roll either of these every time. Uh, you can't aid another in this because you're not really talking amongst yourselves at the moment. It's just your individual size into things. But you'll get an opportunity to share this briefly as you confer before you begin your responses. We'll go around. Uh, Trishik. Perception. It will be, I will tell you, it will be better to use society unless you have, like, if you, obviously perception's way higher. Like, you're, you're judging, like, this is the pinnacle of what society does, but you can use perception. It's just not going to be quite as easy. There's a seven-point difference. Yeah, so I you probably just... <laughs> I'm, I'm, just saying, I'm just laying it down there. <laughs> I don't have a society, so it works out for me. I have a 19-point well, difference. that's a 36. Um, with a 36 in perception, as the head of the Ambler's Guild, and it a seems... a master, if that matters. No, I think that's not relevant. Uh, this is the, the point of this is to let everybody participate. So your your level, your proficiency, yeah. just ma making your number higher is helpful. Okay. Uh, it seems simple to to you to ascertain that she is very dedicated to her craft, uh, even going so far as to speak the reputation of all of the craftsmen of the Ambler's Guild. Uh, as we attempt to impress the Dwarven Council here, although you can pick up a die and just try to roll diplomacy. Save for Marshall, who probably doesn't have a great diplomacy. None of you are dwarves. Uh, having read tales of dwarven diplomats and these councils is all well and good, but you've never experienced one before. A raw diplomatic approach <laughs> is going to be difficult. It may be better to attempt to take some sort of attack that aligns with their interests, what they see as valuable, and you think crafting is a pretty good one to take with Forge Master Thunderflare. Also a master crafter. <laughs> so. You and your beer. Do you uh, wish to roll, Marshall, Perception or Society? Uh, Perception, clearly. It's not bad. Uh, 31. With a 31, similarly, look at, just look at her. Just yeah. like, <laughs> look at her. Look at this art. I love it. For one second. Obviously, this is a very physically intensive craft. You think similarly, athletics would impress her as well. I mean, 
So those of you I who, too do not, forged dwarf. Yeah, who do not have all of the face skills, do not fear. You don't have to sit in the corner and be sad and just critically fail everything. It's not. <laughs> this is not diplomacy o'clock. There will be options. So just just flex. Got it. <laughs> Rush you over. <laughs> How about you, resting? I'm going to roll me a society. Hard things. For a 30. Uh, with a 30, in the modern day and age, the art of smithing and anvilry is pretty expansive. It is a lot more than just taking a hammer to metal. Uh, particularly given a lot of the modern conveniences that the Ambler's Guild had with the actual magma channel and laid into it. Uh, you think equally impressive knowledge of the arcane is valuable to her as well. Arcana would not be a poor tag to take. Let's go with perception. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah, that... That works. That's That'll a do. 37 perception. <laughs> With 37 perception, uh, you don't really learn uh, anything more as far as the attacks that you can take when you confer here in a minute because you're going to share all this knowledge with each other before you apply. Those are probably the three best approaches. But you also do get the sense that Forgemaster Thunderflare brought this council together again because she wants your assistant. She believes you might be the ones that can really help uh, Cobbler in this situation. You don't have a huge uphill battle to fight with her. You really feel that all you're really going to need to do is not make some massive missteps or offend her, and she will be willing to lend you her support. Like, you don't even need to make a positive ground. You just have to not go negative. Don't pee on her. Don't Got pee it. on her. Do don't I get any idea, her? like, what would don't just... pee yourself. Okay, fair enough. Yeah, yeah. Um, just no pee in general. No pee. No pee. Just, no, let's, let's just stay away just from pee. It. Just hold All it. Right, just hold it. Stop urinating. <laughs> what is this? Uh, Perception or society? Uh, society. Okay. Uh, that oh is God. going to be a 37. The 37 society. Oh, 38. 38. Right. You're uh, going to critically succeed here and get the bonus. You can tell that of the group of you, Forge Master Thunderflare likes you the least. Uh, and you can tell <laughs> that her, her, her bonus. No. Her <laughs> Welcome to being an elf in a dwarf city. It's yeah. not racism. It's not racism. You interrupted her. Gotcha. Oh. Yep. And you corrected her. Oh. Yep. And she was immediately off-put by that. Uh, you, to the oh, point where great. you are actually going to take a penalty when you attempt to influence her here in a moment, and anybody else who puts any interruptions while anybody else is talking or interjects is probably going to have a similar uphill battle here. That's why I did not open my mouth at all. The leader of the Council <laughs> of Regents was not happy about that. I warned y'all last session. I'm glad, <laughs> I'm glad you didn't go with normal resume where it just every couple of seconds... Oh, by the way, hey, you know... She did really good, to be honest. <laughs> she only did it once. Marshall restrained himself so hard. That's all I'm going to say. But you get the sense that it is only you that has earned her disdain. And that everyone else... We'll have a decent, uh, decent shot at impressing. It's not because you're an elf, don't worry. Yeah, it's not racism. <laughs> it's not because you're, you're an elf. It's you're rude. It's because you're rude. fair. At least it's fair. <laughs> so, as she finishes the introduction of herself, her role in Kovler, and her guild, she picks her hammer, 
Throws it at Rosemary. Ah, shield. And uh, holds it up in front of her, not out straight, but out towards the the group of you. The best judge of a dwarf's character is how they can apply modern convention, how they can adapt. Tradition has its place, its value, its power. And as the head of the Anvilers Guild, there's one avenue that I and my fellow craftsmen know the best. So to judge you, I ask of you a simple question. How can metalwork better society as a whole? Puts her hammer down next to her chair and uh, doesn't sit back down, but leans back to the table, waiting. Give a brief moment to confer before anyone responds. And uh, I will outright mention, though you are, as we went over last session, all expected to respond in some capacity. Your response can be either introducing or connecting uh, something to another member of your party fundamentally to aid another to their role if you don't want to make one of the roles themselves uh, and it is assumed as you confer that the knowledge that you got while she was introducing you would of course all share with each other unless you for some reason have some reason to hide that no mm-hmm. but then you would step forth in whatever order you please to answer the forge master's question we gonna learn today. We got some thinking questions coming out. Oh boy! They're asking you as guild leaders. Okay, go first. You should go first. I should go first. Raz push. <laughs> like a tap on your ankle. You got Raz, this. Raz has been very close behind Rash this entire time. Just... As as you're slowly approaching the Countdown, Marshall just keeps gripping the head of his axe. Like, he has it up, like, right here, where the blade's up, and he just kind of gives you the, the yes. dad look, like, don't mess this up. Behave. And the entire time, Roshin walks up, Raz is like, nothing is scrounging. It's scrounging. <laughs> He's scrounging around his papers. Forge Master. The most distinct trait I can think of of metal is its strength. Incorporating that strength into towns, into technology, into society, raising that strength higher. As metalwork gets better, our buildings could become stronger, our walls tougher, our buildings higher. And with all of it, more options and ways in which we can live. It is the strength of metal which will make society benefit as we move forward and she'd like to kind of flex a bit, throw some athletics into the mix as she puts the strength of lifting behind it. There's already a bit of a, like, a smile on Thunderflare's face as she's like... Is <laughs> <laughs> so gonna roll athletics? Yeah, yeah, so let's do athletics. Uh, six on the die. That's a uh, 24. Alrighty. So 24, as you get the feeling that uh, she... She does approve. She uh, she does have a bit of a smile. It's mostly because she already wants to support you. You haven't made any particularly large impression on her. But again, 
You don't really feel like you need to. <laughs> you just gotta not do bad. Well, we're gonna make 50 rolls this session, so there, someone's is, rolling a one. They're gonna be, uh, like, there is, just by <laughs> weight of dice, there is no universe. There are not some critical failures that come out in here. Uh, also, and I will give you, this could be an interesting way to uh, to do this. If you wish, you, you could roll before you get into your RP here. Oh. And okay, yeah. <laughs> Circus rolls, got it. So, so if you roll terribly, Stand I, I can describe it terribly. Okay. Metal is hard, and <laughs> you make armor. That's why it's armor. It's and I, because and I it's, hate sand. It's very. <laughs> <laughs> As Rasheen steps back, Thunderflare awaits the next of you to speak. If I may. So as Marshall just scoops up his axe, walks to the bench. That was politely. Carlton lady. What I think about metal. Well, first I'm going to do an athletics check. <laughs> it's like a college essay. What I think about metal. I was thinking middle school in front of the class. I know, right? You what mean metal school? means so... to me. <laughs> so with an athletics, that's a 38. Uh, 38 is going to critically succeed. So, so knock it out of the park, my so guy. So this is what Marshall does. He comes up like... First, allow me to introduce myself. As my party mate explained, I am Marshall Emberbeard of the Emberbeard clan. And uh, as a fellow craftsman, I'm sure you can appreciate my partner in crime. Twirls his axe a little bit, shows it off. And <laughs> Massively it, oversized Turbo X. <laughs> and then he just like, now if it's one thing I know about metal, it's a good representation of fortitude and strength. And well, for a guy like me, he just wails the axe into the table in front of him and just cleaves it in half. Of course he does. And as he r- r- cleaves the thing in half and pulls back, the sleeves on his jacket just rip from his biceps. <laughs> and he just goes, <sighs> And the impression. Red, actually physically scared. He jumps back. All what short hair he has is standing on it. And as, and as he does this, it's just, and it with fortitude and strength, it's a good representation of dwarven pride. And with that representation... Hope you weren't proud of that table. <laughs> <laughs> he was telling me not to be a crazy. Remember, I'm a dwarf. I know how to talk to my people. <laughs> and if it's one thing I, I like know, besides fortitude and strength, it's not just by military matter of strong words and wisdom from generations of our society and our heritage. Is that one thing it'll last for a very, very long time for eons to come. If we can make stone carvings in mountains that last thousands and thousands of years, imagine what we can do with metal. Let our legacy live on. Chunk. At this, at some point, the door flies open and a couple of guards come in, <laughs> thinking that a fight has started. And, and as, he, as he's walking by, the guards confused. He just goes like, "Don't worry, I'll clean it up later." <laughs> and uh, the the forge master, Thunderflare here, absolutely unflinching, as your ex smashes to the table directly in front of her. This uh, small smile of hers is growing into a pretty pretty large grin. <laughs> As much of the rest of the council kind of flinches or reacts or jumps back. That old bulbous nosed man almost falls backwards out of his chair. I mean, he, 
the whole point is to be honest to ourselves. I'm like, what's more honest than Marshall showing off his brute strength? And she nods. Petty vandalism. <laughs> <laughs> Commander Bronzebeard is kind of like dusting off the front of his hauberk. Well, I can bloody well see how they dealt with all the gugs. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I was going to try to make a good impression, but that was already ruined. I'm like, oh, I might as well. This one, you never thought you'd get to use mending How at this point of the game. A, a social scenario and Marshall's over here crit succeeding and literally flexing his jacket off and it's impressing glorious. the regions. Because that's how dwarves like, do. Again, these are my people. Holy crap. <laughs> Raz just raises his hand. If, if, if I go next. Yep. Yeah, 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 yeah. He just gives you a light pat on the back. Good luck, little buddy. He jumps. At this point, a couple of pages and scribes are coming in and out of the room, trying to like prop the table back up on some and books. A <laughs> couple yes. members of the Carpenters Guild are coming through, trying to get something back together. Not, not, not. Allow me to introduce myself. I'm Raz. Raz. Um, metal. I'm a scholar by trade, and he's gonna just go off about that first. I'm a. I've traveled around. He rolled a total of a for crafting a twenty. One. That dice okay. did not roll. It hit and just slid across. He um. But doesn't critically fail. So <laughs> yeah, it doesn't critically like, fail. So he's like he's very nervous in front of dwarves he's never met before. Yeah, he keeps glancing back. Um, I'm not entirely sure. Well, children are part of society, right? And children are very important to the growth. And I can't really explain it. He walks up and hands her a piece of paper that has a diagram. <laughs> Of a clockwork toy, made out of metal. I picked that Is up this from a. Written in Dwarven. It, it's actually just a diagram with simple. Oh, okay. It's not not actually written. It's just a diagram. I picked it up from from a gnome. He was discarding it, saying he didn't like it anymore. But but the design was very interesting. And, and this is is a translation in Dwarvish. I was hoping to run into a Dwarvish craft person who might be able to make it. And. It helps. It's supposed to help engage children to learn more about how interworking things such as that go together. And and he just kind of spaces out and just <laughs> turns around and walks back to the party. It is fine. It is fine. It's wonderful. Marshall broke the table. <laughs> <laughs> and she uh, she puts the diagrams down on the, the table. It's currently just propped up by a. a chunk of a two-by-four kind of wedge <laughs> as they're trying to hammer some little supports uh, some little wedges into place just to keep it there for the time being. What's the dwarven equivalent to duct tape? <laughs> spit. Uh, what's it called? Probably uh, spit. What's that glue? Made the... out of honey? Probably. No. no, there's that one. It's like actually an alchemical control. Oh, actually, oh. actually as, I, as, a, as, as I say, I turn back around, I reach in my bag, I pull out some sovereign glue in his hand. That's sovereign glue, that's what <laughs> yeah. it is. That okay. might okay. help. Take some sovereign glue <laughs> Just to get together for now. For now. I picked that up from the same gnome and he just turned back around and walked back. Just kind of great. I think you get the feeling that like you uh, I mean you didn't offend her, but you didn't make any meaningful impression. It's hard to follow that. <laughs> well, it's only fair. Flex. Um Resme will uh step up and kind of give her a look and then give the table a look. <laughs> what is this? First impression. Crafting? What did Marshall do? 
destroyed the table immediately on the first region. 19 on the die. You can't just destroy the table for every region. <laughs> <laughs> Not for every region, just that one time. I mean, he only broke the table in front of her, so theoretically. One table! <laughs> yeah, you could break it in multiple spots. Can, can I get a 40? Uh, 40? Uh, writing the penalty Give that you have here is, is going to succeed. Um, she'll, uh, she'll step up. And uh, she'll look her in the eye. The thing that has always impressed me about metal is the fact that it can be so well built to purpose. There are times when you need metal to be hard and to be able to withstand whatever the world can throw at it. But sometimes it's important for metal to be able to bend. And if it doesn't bend, it can't protect, it can't do its job. It has to be able to give, or it will break. I've always admired that about metal. It's delicacy and strength combined, depending on what is necessary of it at that moment. And the craftsman's hand, ability to wield it to whatever that necessity might be. There's a partnership. I don't think that very many materials can truly form a partnership with their crafter in the way metal can. Well, you've definitely made a little bit of a better impression on Forge Master Thunderflare here, at least with your knowledge. Uh, but the stonemason and the carpenter are definitely not giving you great looks right now. That's cool. But We'll get to them <laughs> later. <laughs> so, uh, by this point... The center of the table has been propped up on a pair of stout legs with some soft and glue and some wedges holding it largely together. Uh, this divide still clearly uh, apparent where the wood was just splintered and obliterated by Marshall's blow. Uh, but propped up, little askew in front of Thunderflare. Everything just chic now. And I'll step forward introducing myself as well. Uh, I am Trushik. He's uh, not my first language to speak common. I apologize if it's difficult to understand. But for me, metal is flexibility, utility, ingenuity. And as I'm saying that, I'll pull some of the tools from my alchemical kit, the full alchemy lab, right. out. Some of the metal, like, droppers, the precision tools, all the things that you can't make without a... Uh, proper metal application, and I will start explaining some of their uses using craft. Ooh. This is what I used to make poison. A 37. <laughs> <laughs> or drugs. drugs. <laughs> or drugs, sometimes. I believe that's a 37. It's a 19 on the die. Uh, 37, absolutely going to succeed. Way to go, party. We did it. You yeah. guys knocked it out of the park on the lady who already supports you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, you did okay. You, you were also there. Yeah, you didn't credit 37. Me, yeah, 37 will succeed as well. I might need a new so, jacket. <laughs> if it was not for all of the metal tools and the ingenious crafters who have come before us, then there is no way that I would be able to make the alchemical creations I make today. It is a very important part, both in science, technology, and industry. And... I look forward to seeing what some people will make for materials in future. Future. 
And as you step back, the last to present here, Forge Master Thunderflare, smile on her face, one hand down each side of the table. You see, I hope now, fellow councilmen and women, why I have seen fit to bring this group before us. They are wise beyond their appearance. They've learned much in their journeys. And if this foe has come on our doorstep, we'd be wise to have ones that have faced them before on our side. I put my faith and the faith of the Anvilers Guild in these fine heroes and trust them with Cobbler's wisdom and knowledge. And uh, she settles back down into her seat. While her words are supportive, ring proudly through the room, there is nothing immediately following. Except <laughs> Rosemary. She succeeded. <laughs> Get success, 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 critical success. And Raz was also there. You guys did not, <laughs> not critically failing. You didn't make it worse, is I what helped. matters. Yes. <laughs> so, uh, there is no assent amongst the council no nods no quick agreement just followed by a moment of silence in the chamber she takes her seat a scratching of her chair against the stone floor uh, but shortly afterward rising the dwarf with the wand on his waist and he stands and grasps <laughs> Please tell me he's not Manipiak in disguise. He's not Manipiak in disguise, probably. Maybe. Grasps a furled wizard hat. Looks much akin to this, but the point more straight, more stout. Hold on, I can do that because this is posable. Kind of. It's still kind yeah, of floppy. No. I can't unflop it, but I can make Flop. it. Now it's just weird and crooked. Imagine this. <laughs> <laughs> also imagine uh, that it was a light red in color. Uh, with a so thin pink, not it's not very brightly colored. It's more just like a duller red. Yeah, somewhat somewhat akin to the so, the, the haft of that okay, blade, I okay. suppose. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, with a banded ring of burgundy around its brim. Mm. And as he stands, raising a hand to the party quickly as he dons his hat, I I've interest in this tale personally to know more of your adventures through this Ayudar, through this ancient ring of gateways that the group of you have uncovered outside what sounds to be a very humble Isgeri city. I am Archmage Melek Sumer, and I am the Archmagos of the Guild of Spells. Our duty is one critical the continued existence of Kovler, as we are. If we are to remain here, those that lurk within the ancient ruins of our fallen city of Sagarok must be held at bay. The spirits and the bodies of both those that were lost but writhe in rage and anguish after their death, clinging to this plain, as well as those who have risen from the deeper darknesses below must remain on the far side of the wall. Not only do we assist in many of the medical needs, using healing magics to assist injuries of forge and hammer, blade and incident, 
We maintain the great barricade that keeps Kovlar safe to this very day. The stones enhanced with magical warts that if not properly tended to could collapse through generations of neglect will not allow it to happen. Magic is how you arrived here. Magic, I would surmise to assume, is how you have managed to stand firm against the battles you have experienced both in Sagarok, in Mwangi, and so far beyond. So I ask you to judge your character and your thrust of the Guild of Spells. What's the most amazing work of magic you've ever witnessed? Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> As he introduces himself with a bit of an odd question to kind of gauge your character, each of you. We'll go around again. We'll start this side. This time can roll your perception or your society to attempt to kind of size hmm. Archmage Sumer here. Society time. Four to five feet tall. It's gonna be a 26. Uh, with a 26 on society. Uh, well, I mean, that'll succeed just barely, so I'll give you the freebie. Would you believe Arcana? <gasps> no. I'll no. take it. Probably could have guessed that one. Uh, Roisin. Um, Roisin's gonna go with uh, perception because uh, she's uh, not good at this whole society thing. Uh, that's a 26. With a 26, your magic was kind of thrust upon you mm. by a combination of the circumstances of your birth and divine interest. And you're sort of concerned about how to properly answer this, not really able to really gauge what an archmage is going to be interested in. Society. Rasnos, <laughs> Rasnos, um, as he's actually going to stare at this archmage, very, very hard before he even, like he's taken in every single bit of a learned man. There you go. Or That's a value. Forty-one. Well, forty-one is definitely going to critically succeed on this check here. Oh, I can see his nose hairs. So, <laughs> not dwarf. Not only are you pretty confident that although he is probably a, uh, most likely a wizard himself. Uh, it's very common that the leaders of many magical societies tend to the arcane tradition. It's kind of like the highest society magic is the arcane. Your occultism is still proper magic, and to someone as learned as he, very possibly equally impressive. You're also aware that his interest in your discovery of the Ayudara, his interest in the portal gate in Sagarok, is kind of masking that he is not really in favor of imparting Kovler's knowledge and its protection to you guys. Uh, you are definitely going to need a, a bit of work to get him on your side, but he's certainly not as entrenched as some of the council. Uh, uh, what is magic? Hmm. Uh, that thing that makes your, your axe really So wiry. with perception, that's going to be 34. So that's uh, not bad. With a 34, you know you're trying to rack your brain for what you know about magic. 
Wait a second. Technically, when I rage and become a giant, isn't that considered magic? It is literally magic. Yeah, there it's you go. Magic. I can I can go uh, with that. And there are a lot of avenues of magic like that that are not your traditional like resume and res. I'm casting a spell. There is a lot of more natural magic, some of which developed as far as a druidic culture and their studies of casting. Nature has as much purview in the way of magic as occultism or the arcane. I have a plus one at that. Ooh. Is that better than occultism and arcane? I mean, it's better than zero. So better yes. than zero. <laughs> Progress. What you, Trishik? Perception. 26. Uh, with a 26, yeah, magic's not really your wheelhouse. Um, <laughs> you're not really going to learn anything beyond uh, what the party has already determined. So, you have a brief moment to confer. Mm. Who your responses? Um, guys, I may be going out on, on a limb here, but I, I I think if you have any magical ability, this would be the time to talk intelligently about it. Stares at Marshall. Marshall. I, I think you should smile a lot. And make Marshall. a lot of really big comments Let's... and pray he doesn't look too deeply into them. What? Go big. Well, I also <laughs> just, uh, I thought about doing that, but I also remembered. I told you about my friend Birch. He's a druid. Nature magic. He's done a lot of weird stuff with the nature magic. Oh, you know a lot about that, do you? As weird as a dwarf he, going big? He, he literally went from a gnome, turned into a bear, and then eventually he turned into a T-Rex. <laughs> you, you, we could try to talk about how Man and Piak have cast himself halfway around the world. I believe I Raz. will talk about the uh, the prismatic uh, gate that was in Mwangi. Oh, good idea. I say, Man and Piak's thing, it wasn't really, like, spectacular. It was more of, like, sad. <laughs> Raz is gonna, actually, as they're discussing, I'm talking now. And he just walks forward. <laughs> <laughs> it is me. It is me. He... Kind of just tips his hat. Hi, I'm Raz. I already introduced myself once. Um, I'm going to roll occultism. For a 27. 27 is going to fail. Mm. And um, this is not Raz's time to shine, folks. <laughs> How is the bard doing so bad at a social encounter? <laughs> he can't roll Dwarven above a five. man. It's rough. <laughs> I, just cast, I cast Fire Courage. That's just what you do. <laughs> the most amazing work of magic you've ever witnessed. His mind is fizzles. <laughs> you can tell he has stage fright all of a sudden. The bard. The bard has stage fright. Very judgmental, Dwarven <laughs> Council. I forgot what I was going to say. <laughs> I know a lot about magic. Um, I'll talk to you later. <laughs> I got it. I'm sorry. <laughs> I haven't talked to this many dwarves at once. Council member is confused. <laughs> Raz is confused. <laughs> I'm sorry. You what? did your best, I'm sure. I had a whole... <sighs> Actually, I certainly hope it wasn't your best. A whole speech, um, and I was ready, and then I forgot it. Sh should, should Resme go next? Marshall next. Uh, it it should probably... <laughs> It should probably be best we get the disappointments out of the way, and then we let Resme go. I will happily go next. It's a good thing I'm born around fire, otherwise that would have burnt. <laughs> it applies to me as well. I know nothing of magic. Uh, whatever. Oh, boy. I guess. Wish me luck. Mm -hmm. <sighs> Ozzy's on in there. 
carefully places axe on table out of respect. Councilman? Ah! Uh, as he prepares himself, he's like, okay, there's magic. He knows, he knows somewhat about the nature magic that him and uh, his buddy Birch used to, you know, haggle on about. Because that's what brought them together was their weird, Most unique magical magic abilities. He's Marshall's ever seen. Sometimes you just need a seven. <laughs> I rolled an eight altogether. On that, <laughs> so, that, so, is, that is going to critically fail. So I guess I might as well describe what happens. <laughs> well, um, I'll be honest. I'm not exactly that keen on magic as you can clearly see. However, I do respect it very much. Especially it reminds me of my friend who happened to be a gnome named Bert Rottenseed. And uh, he had a very strange way of expressing his uh, his magic. Uh, he would, well, one by figure. Uh, <laughs> is this... This is how he casts spells. Uh, he kind of reaches out and... <laughs> <laughs> Except, imagine a lightning bolt coming out of there. It was the most fascinating thing ever. Out of the finger? I, I do believe that I've heard quite enough of your testimony. Um, yes. So he just picks up his axe and goes, um, right. And he, and he just kind of sits down next to Raz going, so uh, you want a drink now or later? Good buddy. Okay. He just pulls out his drinking uh, horn and gives it like a thimble sippy cup to Raz and he just sits there with him. Thimble. <laughs> it's dwarven ale. What do you expect? Well, is it Trish you could collect? Yeah, it is. Let's just continue the train of sadness. So I'm going to use diplomacy okay. just to explain what I saw because I don't know how it worked, but I know what I visibly saw with that giant glowing rainbow gate tied to the the totems. Right. So I can, I can the, explain. The, the, the shield. Yeah. You know, yeah. you saw it. You don't know what it was, yeah. but it looked really cool. He might, that's what he's he asking. It's the most amazing work of magic you've witnessed. Right. So we're going to see how well that description goes. Okay, that's Not a 30. Bad. Yeah. A, uh, a 30 is just going to regular fill. Okay. So wow. it's just not going to get any better or worse. Yeah, so I'll just explain it like He's asking for the most amazing magical thing I've ever seen, and uh, essentially what it was was a, a big dome, a barrier. I saw, for instance, a bird flew into it, and it was hit with everything all at once. It's like a security, but it was tied to totems. I, I have absolutely no clue how they made this work, but it's absolutely fascinating. It did not go well for the bird, of course. Severin not. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> well, Severin actually did get zapped by one of the. He toads. did. I mean, two left. It's going great. It's going great. It's going great. Well, I, I, <laughs> Roshin has 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 no evidence to actually suggest that she gets nudged up uh, that this guy gives a crap about religion, but it's the type of magic that she knows, so she's gonna dip into it and just kind of hope. 
Um, and I'm going to roll the die first this time. You might say hopes and prayers. You might say hopes and prayers. <laughs> hopes and prayers. So that's a two on the die. So that's going to be a, a total of a 23. Still better than me. 23 is going to regular fail. So that's um, the key. Roshin is going to kind of frown a bit. Um, I've seen a lot of magic in my time. Basic hedge magics. Um, when Milani chose me, exalting me as her oracle. Uh, that's power that flows through my bla- my throws th- flows through me. I've been able to save my friends from the brink of death before. But ultimately, the more magic I see, the more I see its limitations. The more I see that it can't solve everything. The more I've seen my magic and flexed it, the more I've realized that it's my own personal courage that I need. Uh, It's just a tool as anything else. And the more I'm exposed to it, the less spectacular it becomes. It is a part of me as just as my sword arm. I wouldn't go without either one. So, what then would you say is the single most amazing work of magic you've witnessed? As my as my blessings of Milani grew stronger, the part that holds me dearly, one of my older brothers uh, was on the battlefield with me, and uh, he caught a lance in the chest uh, from a horseman. I got over to him just as I saw the light leave his eyes, but the blessing pulled his soul right back into his body. I saw him gasp back to life again. That's a thing I've been truly thankful for. And it's just a small thing. I doubt my brother will go on to change the world in any way, but it meant the world to me. That was something that nothing else could have done. Fairly unimpressive for perhaps a man at a mage of great standing such as yourself. But sometimes for me, it's the little things. Uh, Resume will uh, step up. Begin flexing her brain. Time to mega mind. Oh, <laughs> the dice love me today. It's gonna be a forty. Um, forty is absolutely going to critically succeed. Uh, Resme uh, will come up. I've seen a lot of magic. I've I've learned a lot of magic. I was born with my magic, but my parents insisted that I understand its mechanics down to the last detail. They didn't want me using something I didn't understand just because I was born being able to do it. But the most incredible piece of magic I've ever seen is when the magic of my family brought my brother from my memory into the real world and gave him life long enough to help me and my friends escape the worst nightmare I've ever gotten into. And then the magic enabled him to stay alive long enough to come home with me back to Breach Hill. 
and to empower the earth around it so that it would bring me love and peace forevermore whenever I was within its branches. And that's the magic of my family, the magic I was born with and the magic I've learned. And it was beautiful. And I don't quite know how it worked and I want to know. And that's beautiful too. I've often said throughout my years, the sure sign of real aptitude in a mage is understanding just how much it is they don't know. Just how much perhaps could very well be unknowable. Magic as it stands and as we work it is very much a science, of course. One learned and practiced through years and ages. However it is you come across it. But there is always more to be understood. With that, it seems to me that what we have here before us, fellow regents, is a group thrust into a web of myriad coincidence. A small town settled in the hills by happenstance in the proximity of something by sound of it far greater than any of them truly understand. We should investigate this Ayodara, and I and the Guild of Spells should see to it personally that we unravel its mysteries and ensure it poses no proper threat to Kovler or her people. I am sorry, but I do not trust the faith of the Guild of Spells on these people. And he sits back down. Good luck investigating the gate that we have the keys to. <laughs> that he doesn't know where it is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's that way. Just past the purple worm. And the and Harold. building full of eyes and mouths that want to kill you. Yep, and yep. Harold. And Harold. Dude, but Harold's an upstanding gentleman. You'll love Harold. Just, and just... the crystals that eat your feet. Yes. Those are all in the report, by the way. Follow. <laughs> That's fair. I guess they would know that these are all things. I mean, purple worms are stuff to deal with really regularly. Uh Standing up to follow that. Oh, oh, oh. Purple worms appear in the middle of the city sometimes. That just happens. It does. Dun, Man dun, dude. Hey. Yeah. Donning his helmet. <laughs> Stands from the desk. Unsheathing this large double-bladed axe and placing on the table before him. Dwarves love doing that. All right. I've heard your reports personally from my own scouts. From Scout Oakcrest. That escorted you back in. From wherever it was in Sagarok, the group you had happened to arrive. I am Commander Ithgar Bronzebeard. Guildmaster of the Guild of Arms. We serve as the physical line of defense between Kovler and anything it needs preventing. Should the walls fall... Our guild hall is just on the other side of it. And all our men and women will stand to the last man as necessary 
should call of honor need to evacuate or escape. Our soldiers have stood for generations. Even as Sagarok fell, Kovlar, once Sagarok's military district, once its barracks, carries its lineage most purely through us and our guild. Strength of steel and strength of arm is necessary to keep society on track and to keep Kovlar on pace for prosperity. As he speaks, y'all can give some Attempt to deduce what it is he's after. Yeah, I really like the sound of his voice. Perception. 27. The 27? He likes so, swords. Yeah, he like, <laughs> I don't know, do you like... You don't know much about like military organization or anything like that. That's... You don't... Like, you know, like maybe it seems logical raw strength would appeal to him but he seems to be more uh, intricate than that in his desires or they'd just be mercenaries not really positive uh, Marshall I would absolutely let you roll lore warfare for this if you wanted as that would be the most freaking possible appropriate thing for the gold of arms uh, if you want to instead of perception society what's that is my perceptions still slightly better than my lore so. but your lore is going to be a lower DC so it's up to you what you want to choose. Oh. So it's perceptions, the perceptions, skin. the high DC. That's if you got nothing else, you fall back on Oh, perception. in that case, I guess warfare would be appropriate then, yes. Considering I too was a mercenary, and that's a 22. So. It has been quite some time. Yeah. And you didn't serve in Kavler's military. The Five Kingdoms are quite different. You're not really sure what Commander Bronzebeard I was believed from the to be south. the most He's important from the in north. his heart. Res? For society on the table. How do you do that? It's we, have dice. It's, we have dice no, towers. It's the lip down here on the bottom. If they come in and hit that at an angle, hit they the bounce CT. over the Good wall. Yeah, that's a 38. Uh, 38 on society? Yes, sir. That's going to critically succeed. So not only are you going to learn that two trained military, two of the defenders, the proper soldiers of a dwarven city, uh, adaptability, flexibility, important is raw strength. It's not all about brutishness. Uh, acrobatics actually would impress him quite well. You would also learn that after perhaps the report that he has received and after the reports of your bravery and your success in battle, he's already heard. Commander Bronzebeard here is just one step away from giving you the okay. Uh, he's not coming to this already wholly on your side like Thunderflare, but he seems like he should be relatively easy to sway. Roshin? Uh, Roshin's going to go with perception. Focus on one better. Oh, that's better. No, it's not better. It's bad. The camera's better, though. Uh, that's a that's 23. 23? I don't know about an organized military. <laughs> organized military? That's what the other guys had. I, <laughs> I fight these. I was like in the These bushes. are the nerds I shove in the toilet. <laughs> we shove these guys in lockers, dude. <laughs> Resume. I flirted with these guys before. Society? Society. That's true, you have. Uh, it's going to be a 27. 27, you will succeed. They are soldiers 
they do still need to be able to hold the line and fight, athletics is still going to impress them. So, you have a moment to convene. You've only learned two skills that maybe evade. This does not stop you from attempting other skills that you think may apply. That said, if you try to roll a skill, remember, you can always fall back in diplomacy. DC is just much higher. Uh, basically, you're one step worse. Uh, if you attempt a skill that is not one that Commander Bronzebeard or any of the regents really care for, you can, you're can. you only rolling to fail or critically fail. Okay. It is a risk you're willing to take. So be it. Well, I can, already know what I'm doing. Can you lead in and aid another with a skill that's not necessarily pertinent to the person? You can aid another just with diplomacy. I mean, like, okay. if you're aid anothering, the DC is irrelevant because it's fixed. So... You can aid another with uh, diplomacy or one of the listed oh, skills. So can we aid another with a different skill than the person's going to roll? But if it's not one, you can do it with a different skill than what they're going to roll. Right, so like if Marshall's going to roll it's... athletics, and I aid another with diplomacy, for yes. example. Okay. Yeah, because your diplomacy to hype him up is, is still, uh, you're leading into him, you're giving the introduction. Uh, but if you do try to use one that's not diplomacy or one of their things, you will just fail the aid. Okay. So... Do you guys want me to go first again. or? Raz is already going. Raz is already timidly. Okay. I'll go next. I'm, I'm just. Hi, I'm Raz. Um, I'm going to be very, very honest he with you. He question yet. Oh, he hasn't. You're right. <laughs> I thought he had. My Raz is just frazzled. super excited. Super Raz excited is, to be here. Raz, Raz, is, Raz is really frightened. Raz uh, really, wants really it. frazzled. But uh, Commander Bronzebeard thinks it's kind of funny and uh, <laughs> chuckles a bit. Well, Raz, I admire your fortitude. You're clearly very ready, very prepared. Tell me, Raz, of your greatest personal triumph. To be honest with you, I would have to think about that for a very long time. <laughs> I have done a very lot of things, but I know someone who has done greater and more personal and bigger triumphs than me, and that would be... He just points at Roshin. <laughs> <laughs> me? All right, give your aid. My diplomacy. Or a thirty-one. Thirty-one will critically succeed. What's your diplomacy trained. proficiency? You're just trained. I'm just trained. So Rasheen, you have to go next, and you will go to plus one to whatever you do. Oh, okay, perfect. Uh, okay. I, I I can't aid him too. No, you can't double up on him. Yeah, that's not. That so so two of you can sit in the corner and be aid bots, but three of you have to speak. Okay. Why? I don't want to talk about how athletic I am. <laughs> so should I spend my muscle. athletics to pump you up? Because I feel like that's what we have to um, do. Well then, Rasheen. Tell me of yours. My greatest triumph. Well, in truth, you've already heard it. Uh, roll my die and see how well this actually... Oh, actually, that's not bad. Uh, so that's an athletics of uh, 30. 30 will 31 succeed. plus the... 31 bonus. will succeed. Um, indeed, you already heard my greatest triumph. Um, at the quarry in Ravenel, a pit full of slaves uh, getting ready to drown. Uh, the triad's boss cackling away and my friends uh, falling like leaves around me. And I managed to pull myself to my feet and strike a killing blow. In time to pull everyone out, most everyone out. It would have been a true massacre. Uh, 
and yet Milani came through. Sorry. I don't know if you can hear the teapot <laughs> screaming in the distance. But... The teapot. Just the more you <laughs> kept talking, the louder it got. Like this super <laughs> serious and she... <laughs> 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 teapot in the distance. This is a wizard cooking tea with produced wine. Sorry, guys. Oh, I'm so, so sorry. Yeah, so sorry. Oh, my mistakes. So continue. <laughs> we dwarves take our tea very seriously. <laughs> the archmage. <laughs> he said boiling over. <laughs> and he nods. Oi. It's the true purpose of both tactical acumen and physical power to better weapons in the defense of another. Uh, that's, that's, that's true. In, in fact, the, the most incredible thing I've ever seen is, uh, well, Marshall here was under an enchantment where he was being made to try to hurt his friends, and again and again, he, uh... And I'll roll diplomacy. My very special triumph, have you met Marshall? <laughs> 40. 40 uh, is going to critically succeed. Of course, what is your diplomacy proficiency? I'm master. You are going to get a plus, I believe that's three. It is. To your aid <laughs> for critically succeeding. So, Marshall, step forward. Tell us of your greatest personal triumph. Uh, he I start walking up with axe over my shoulder, and I start dragging my backpack behind me. The table almost shrinks away. <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> so I'm going to roll first. Okay. Clearly, this is going to be my version of athletics. This is uh, Jack the Clock. Let's go. Let's you do get this. get a plus three to this. Even with the, even though I rolled an eight, that's still re pretty good. That's uh thirty four. Thirty four is easily going to succeed. So this is what, I'm, as far as athletics, other than what I clearly done to the table, allow me to show you the heads of my enemies. And it just starts unloading all. <laughs> you got the Bone Devil skull, the wings, the uh, Alchemy Golem arms. Some remaining scales of a flame drake, uh, and if memory serves, a couple gugheads, yeah. including the main half half a main from the white one that was uh, the king gug or whatever. Hammer and anvil. Have you seen my dead enemies? <laughs> <laughs> That's how you oppress a military dwarf. I was a mercenary for about twenty years, and this is just from last month. <laughs> the pile of trophies looking like you fought your way down to the core of the world and back slaying every witch monster standing in your way did I mention I got eaten by a pepper worm and made it choke oh I did oh that's true he did mm -hmm. I even got the scars to prove it <laughs> you just see a giant yeah, purple worm teeth mark rips his vest up <laughs> <laughs> That is, <laughs> that is peak dwarven diplomacy. Comes in with a nice jacket, leaves it shredded. Back to a story I'd never believe from a dwarf I'd never met. If I hadn't seen the trophies to back it up. Now, normally, such pride and slaughter is ill-fitting a proper member of society, but this... This is all a lot of monsters. <laughs> oh, I had to do it to protect my friends. That's the reason why I brought them all together 
And as you can tell from my dagger that matches the rest of theirs on the belt, you can see why. They're a strange little, but I trust them with my life. That's why I risk it every day, killing these things. If I might inquire, Marshal, how old are you? Oh, I'm about 38. Getting close <laughs> to 40. <laughs> a collection like this coming from someone just barely making their way to adulthood. All the more impressive. Thank you. I don't know who taught you. Well, they'd be damn proud to see this, I'm sure. Well, would you believe my father was the great Magnus Emberbeard? He thinks for a second. You taught me how to make Big Red? <laughs> well, impressive as this physical might is. Trashik, I believe it was. I've yet to hear the tales of your greatest triumph. My greatest triumph would be saving the lives of a couple of to-be comrades. One of them being Resme during the last of our uh, adventure in the Mwangi Expanse. And I'm going to actually use acrobatics as I walk up the wall onto <laughs> the just ceiling. Just do a backflip. No, I'm just walking <laughs> up to the ceiling and I'm going to stand there upside down and tell him about all these things using acrobatics. Tail just kind of drooping down behind you. I'm just behind this matter of fact, like she's yep. pacing up the wall. Exactly. Just toes just into the ceiling. For a 36. 36, cleanly gonna succeed. Almost critically, but not quite. And that will be uh, simply being at the right place at the right time. A man with a bow can make much of a difference in putting into employ the skills of my race. I have uh, made sure to save at least a few lives in my time. And then I'll uh, let my feet go, drop down, and land on my feet. Do a backflip. Do a backflip. <laughs> well, I don't think there's much more needs be said to my fellow council members here today. The heads of your guilds, whatever your purview, you all understand the value of the physical defensive call that are living in the situation we do. The wall won't stand forever, no matter how well it's tended to. And I've already heard the words of the feats of strength and the fights and defense that these fine folk had put forward for our good city of Kovler before they'd even arrived within our walls. The Guild of Arms would be proud to put our faith in them, and I, personally, stake them with my trust. He takes his helmet off, nods, and sits back down, taking his axe back from the table. <laughs> Two and one. Yep. Been all right so far. Not a not so terrible far, so ratio. Good. So, as he sits, the older dwarf, standing again, not much changing of his height, clearly uh, wearing a well, fairly plain but very well kept. Very straight, well-ironed robe, with the shoulders almost coming at a rigid angle down to the sleeves, visible beyond his massive, gnarled white beard. His eyebrows so large and bushy, they almost wholly obscure his eyes. And he stands, not changing much in height. Still hunched, his hands folded before him. He just leans forward. <laughs> he just, just leans forward and just rolls up from I'm the chair. reaching for my tweezers. Onto his feet. 
this is all perhaps well and good, I suppose. I am Sentinel Grusk Groblend, Guildmaster of the Guild of Faith. My people have served in the Holy Kingdom of Sagarok since Sagorn the Holy himself held the mighty throne of the kingdom back when the five kingdoms still stood. I stand before you today with a simple question. And before he asks it, he doesn't give you a lot to go off of. But uh, you can try to roll to gauge him a bit as you can with your perception or your society resume if you want to start us. Then stop rolling. Up. Religion. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh. yeah. Pray Rash- tell. Rasheen. Uh, uh, Rasheen gonna go with uh, perception. Uh, it's actually, it's not bad. It's a 33. Uh, 33. As you uh, look, the way he refers to the kingdom of Sagarok. I I'm so in dwarf now, I can't, I can't not do the R thing. Uh, as he refer- uh, refers to the kingdom of Sagarok and how he talks about the piety of the nation, even in the brief amount that he does, you can see that uh, Sentinel Grolblind here believes faith and civilization to be closely linked, if not one and the same. Uh, society would also be an uh, important, uh, valuable tack to take with him. Yes. Raz? Are you sure this man doesn't worship Abadar? 38 on society. That is going to critically succeed. Okay. Uh, in addition to learning that for the dwarven people here, faith, society, and as they live here in the caves, their work and their craft are really the three pillars of this community. Crafting, actually, an equally critical and important skill to the good sentinel. You, uh, it's just, I mean, I feel like I'm not giving you a lot of information. I already know this man is going to be an uphill battle. Uh, sentinel, Goblind for whatever reason, already seems pretty staunchly opposed to the concept of reaching out to the group of you for assistance. Uh, And you get the feeling that it's just, it's nothing personal. It's nothing about the fact that you're an alpha rat and a gecko. It's, you could have been anybody. You could even be five dwarves, not from the Five Kings Mountains or certainly not from Kovler. But he seems somewhat insular. He doesn't want to put his faith in any outsiders. Stubborn old man. Stubborn old man. Mm -hmm. Perception. For a 24, so not much. You don't really learn much of value. He doesn't give you much to go on. Rashik. Perception. Ooh, Mm. 38. 38 will regulars succeed. You get the feeling that um, given this man and what level little religious knowledge you have. I know uh, about roughly one god. Yeah, the way that dwarven society works in general, the way this man composes himself, he seems really like the epitome of lawfulness. Mm. You think that if he gets a smack of any of you worshipping a chaotic or gods literally forbid an evil deity hmm you probably just want to hype somebody else <laughs> it's 
It's a good thing the only symbol I carry on me is in my bag. <laughs> uh oh. oh explains everything. Mm. Looks at Bloody Rose. <laughs> Have uh, you heard of our Lord and Savior Zonkuthon? <laughs> I, like almost, chaotic. I <laughs> almost worshipped Zon Kuthon. <laughs> I almost chose him at character so, creation. As you get these brief glimmers of insight under the sentinel here, he just raises his hands up. Why does the well-being, comfort, and safety of Kovler citizens even matter to outsiders such as yourselves? I'm just going to... One moment to confer. Gonna just walk over to Roshin and just put my hand across it. <laughs> <laughs> it might be a good idea to put that away for a moment. I mean, it's already clear, we see it. <laughs> all, all of it, just pretend you don't exist for a moment. I, I think he the jig is like up, Roshin. Perhaps I'll just defer to one of you I, on I this on one. my backup jacket that I ripped earlier. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I, I do have... A symbol of Norgorber on me, but it is in my not bag. visible. Yeah. yeah, so I would imagine there is. You're not openly carrying a holy symbol of Norgorber. So the only skills we really have are crafting, religion, and what, what was the other and one? Society. Society. Honestly, we all have good ones, except he doesn't like chaotic gods. So I mean, that will give I don't you worship a, a god. So there you go. I mean, that will give you a penalty if you believe that you can. That just makes him initially dislike you. You're not like a whole degree of success worse or oh. anything. It's just he initially is going to be less willing to listen. It's going to be a little tougher role. You still can go for it if you think you've got a really good role here, literal oracle. I mean, I am really good at religion. <laughs> I mean, I feel like if, if we just honestly tell the truth here, I feel like we won't be too far off. I mean, we really do just want to help them. I always prefer to be direct. Yeah. Oh, also, Raz is not stepping up first. Alcetta's Al Al a good lady. is neutral good, right? Hmm. Uh-huh. Okay. You're fine. For now. Uh, <laughs> it's really just uh, Roshane. This guy's, like, aptitude is screw Roshane. <laughs> I, got, um, I got a lot to think about. I'm like, uh... I can bite the blade. I'll go first. Right. I'll uh, walk out. Slide bow. <laughs> I can tell you what a, uh, a pious man, someone who is devout and very... Meticulous. I'm going to do crafting because why would somebody want to be friends and help out an entire city of dwarves? Except I know what you guys are really good at, and opening a circle of trade sounds wonderful with these kind of people. Would have been a good stop on the Assassin's Guild circuit for Vaz. Get weapons and whatnot. For a 23 that I believe I will re-roll. Ooh, with the gold coin of destiny. Mm-hmm. Because that was only a five on the die. So we're going to put the red dice down, and we're going to get the lucky Malachite. Throws it on the floor. <laughs> I caught it. Drops it immediately. To a nine. It did go up. That is, in fact, higher. That so fact higher. that becomes a 27 on uh, crafting. 27 is going to fail. Mm. It's not making it worse. But Just the, barely fails. I believe that opening up new opportunities with skilled individuals such as all of the wonderful people that we have come across in this town would be good for everyone. It's not simply helping people we don't know. It is also an investment for us. It holds benefits for both parties. 
perhaps words wise are saved for my friend at the Guild of Coin. He motions to the rest of the party. Yes, sir. So. Uh, I'll, I'll go. All right. Um, uh, she'll step up and again uh, nod her head respectfully. And not roll in this evil tower of death. You're going to reach all the way across the west? She's going to do it. She's yeah, she's going to do it. Stand up and reach the arm. That was I mean, better, um, probably. I will. Uh, that's going to be crafting. Okay. And that's going to be a 30. 30 will succeed. Um, we came here to help because, because when you find something as powerful as Alceta's ring and you understand the potential of something that someone has created and you have been given power over that creation, it is your responsibility to understand it and use it appropriately as a tool, not just for yourself, because that's not why things are made. Things are made to help all of society. And if such a tool as Alceta's ring is left to molder or only be used by those who wish to do harm or make profit, then it is not serving its ultimate true use we came here to see that it would. Right. Believe. <laughs> That's me. Religion, here we go. Believe. Look, I know you don't like Milani, but... Oh. Can I give him my hero point? A <laughs> <laughs> hero point's for you. Oh, uh, well. All right. Well, it's, it's fine. Um, it's a 23 on religion. A 23 is not going to critically fail. Oh, that's good. Just it is fail. going to regular fail. Not a one. Not a one. Not a one. I'm chosen of Milani, bane of tyrants. The trappings of a civilization is vital and important. But there are threats that do not respect it. There are threats that weasel its way inside the system, turn the good of a society against itself. Scarlet Triad are tyrants who are very adept at this. I care about this because Milani knows no borders. Milani is freedom for everyone. And her omens have sent me here to make sure that that freedom is protected. The people of Kovlar deserve their freedom, as we all do. And though I may be an outsider, sometimes could be that an outsider could be quite useful and rooting these out. I guess I'm up. I'm gonna try crafting. You can do it, you can do it. Believe in the dwarven barbarian. Uh... Oh, oh no. he's in there. All right, so <laughs> that's gonna be a math 
31. 31 will succeed. Oof, Marshall's so. here to carry the social encounter. Oh, do it. So he comes back up. He bows politely. Dwarven gestures. And he says properly in the most elaborate dwarven etiquette he can remember from what his mother forced him to learn at childhood. Because his mother was far scarier than his father. Um, he tells the tale of how when he was just a wee little lad, just a wee little lad, I would watch my father day and night craft the best armor and weapons for our local military might that he's ever seen. And with the ears of just pure pride on his face, and he would just stare at a blade or a piece of metal and go, now that, son, is what dwarves are. Durable, reliable, just like our craft. And I want to spread that word across all the kingdoms, if not just for dwarves, but society in general. Raz just kind of stares at him, walks forward. Um, he, ta- he actually takes off his hat and holds it and kind of does a little curt bow. We are doing society. Yes, we Ooh, are. We oh, are. Yeah. That's a 16. 16 for 30 or yeah, 38. 38 will critically succeed. Oh, baby. Yeah, buddy. Raz is We live here. in a society. Raz, he, has, he keeps his hat down as he bows. Let me, let, let me first say, Yosoki, he gestures to himself, are prideful in our family. Our family is the most important thing to us. Honestly, before I came here, I cared not for Kavlar. I knew not of Kavlar. I knew not of your struggles. And honestly, while I am still here, the only reason I am hunting the Scarlet Triad, the only reason I am here is a means for an end to get my family back. And if I help you, and if I help your people, then that is good. I will have more stories to tell and I can learn more from your people. But before I came here, I cared not for you or any of the other council members or any of your other citizens. That is my honest, honest opinion. But now that I am here, and I've seen your faces, and I've heard some dwarves laughing at a local pub, I feel a little more inclined to help. You have a personal stake in this. There's a nod. He just backs up. Well, I would stake my own faith. Save for Emberbeard here. Nary a one of you knows the slightest bit of our traditions and how we proceed, how we live, how we worship, and how we grieve. You're not from here or even from our kingdoms. But perhaps the Forge Master's right. Perhaps that's exactly what we need. If these problems, if this triad or with whatever it may be, is operating under our noses, and nary a one of us has come wise to it, maybe it's exactly what we need. I would put the trust of the Guild of Faith 
these fine folk. And mine as well. Oh my god, we flipped him. Oh, three and one. He's old and senile. It wouldn't be that hard. <laughs> and he sits back down. Severin takes an acorn, moves it into the yes pile. <laughs> <laughs> Please oh, man. let us pee. You get a... <laughs> we should perhaps... We went we've been through four? Four. Yeah. Four, six to go. Yeah, we can adjourn for a brief moment from yeah. our... Or else I'm, I'm going to do that The rigors thing. of the Dwarven Council here. I'm going to crit had, fail by peeing. We had one rule before we came out here. Nobody pee on them. Nobody pee on yourselves. There's no peeing. We discussed that. Mm-hmm. That's, that's why However, I'm begging. So we're going to take a quick break from the stream. Can't the stream! Away from the character. The council adjourns for five minutes for potty break. The council adjourns. <laughs> Sirenscape, come here. Dude, they're all really old. They the probably really need this break. <laughs> the council adjourns for a few moments so that we can pee safely without offending any of the council of regents. Get a quick <sighs> beer in the break room. Yeah. <laughs> Making you think today. Yeah. Putting your brains in it. I don't have any of those. We notice. <laughs> Ooh. Suck it, lizard boy. <laughs> to be we'll, fair, how dare at least you, you didn't fart me. on a council member. We'll be back. <laughs> at least I know where my liver is. In a couple of minutes, I know where everybody. And no, when we don't. return, you're not going to find it. The Council of Regents <laughs> continues. We've heard from the first of the regents here. We've got three on our side, one against. With six still to go. These questions, these questions are really working the brain meat. I mean, we just deal, dealt with Mr. War and Order. We'll be right back here. <laughs> We're here in Kavlar. We are back. Well, are you okay? <laughs> well, you, you're going to be better. It's dark, Dan. Because while we were out on break know. there, Loopy Caster has handed out a spectacular res roll <laughs> in his hero point message. Look, so take this. We're no strangers to love. He knows the rules, and so do I. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You have two right now? Yeah. Okay. You know, earlier I was thinking, whenever we meet new people, we just Did hand them just our goes... resume. Resume, yeah. Phone just went heck with you. I'm rebooting. <laughs> well, you know what? A full commitment What is was what I was thinking of. Yeah. You can't get this from any other guy. Okay. So. <laughs> I'm just trying to tell you how I was As feeling. we left off. We have spoken with a little less than half of the Dwarven Council. We're never going to give them all. You had just <laughs> finished with and the Sentinel of the Guild of Faith. You know, in this day and age, honestly, surprise me. But uh, the Sentinel of the Guild of Faith, though he initially very much seemed opposed to putting any of his faith in you, you managed to turn him around. I, I will admit... You, you done good, party. You done a good. You did a gooding. Don't worry, that's the last good. Rats make everyone happy. It's gonna be the only good, <laughs> except for the people who are afraid of rats. We call uh, those people not welcome. But another <laughs> will stand from the council. Has his hands almost down to his lap, fingers interlaced. Uh, he has his hair. Pulled fully up out of his face, almost swept around to a massive braid that comes down on one side, uh, rolling over his shoulder. Uh, His beard, not terribly long for a dwarf, into a trio next to it. He's dressed rather plainly, and it's not immediately apparent from looking at his attire, which, while fine, 
is relatively standard what exactly he is in charge of. And were it not for the saw at his hip, it might be somewhat difficult to determine just through raw appearance what guild this man represents. But as he stands, he looks towards Forgemaster Thunderflare and uh, puts his hands out towards the party before folding them back again. Dremulok, the lost deed do Uthroda, uh, which anyone who speaks dwarven will understand that he is apologizing. (laughs) (laughs) Oops. He's apologizing that he uh, unfortunately does not speak Taldane and asks the forge master to stand to translate for him. So she agrees, of course, and Forge Master Thunderflare will stand as well, and then after he speaks, he will translate for the whole of the party, assuming that... I mean, it's actually three of you that speak Dwarven. Yeah. It's only you two that don't. So it's a majority, surprisingly. But they don't know that. They don't assume that. But Thunderflare speaks for him. I am Aldjoiner Alderol, headsman of the Carpenter's Guild. Though our roads are stone, as are the caverns we call our homes. Stone alone cannot uphold civilization. Our furniture, our bracings, our hearts. Stone does not burn, and even so far below the world, wood still has its place, needing to be worked in darkness by skilled hand. And, uh... As this is going, taking a little longer because each line has to be said by the all joiner and then repeated by the forge master. We can go around and you guys can make your guesses as to what this man may be interested in. Trishik! I rolled that pretty quick, but there we go. 31. On uh, perception? Yep. That's going to succeed just barely, so I'll give you the just barely. Is you want to guess? Crafting. It's crafting. Um, <laughs> just real crafting, forehead. He is a literal carpenter. These are dwarves. Crafting works for almost everyone. Or religion, because he's a carpenter. Get it? Uh, I'm just going to roll perception now. Oh, I get it. <laughs> he got hey. it. Uh, that is a plus 17, so... 36? 35. 35? Oh. Yeah. Oh. I can't math. Uh, 35 <laughs> is going to give you a success as well. And as they build their societies, and as you know, from you, where you grew up, We're living in a cave and building a city in a cavern is much different than the surface. The surface, a settlement can sprawl outward nearly indefinitely, as many have. But excavating meaningful amounts of space out of a cavern for more buildings is rather difficult and incredibly dangerous. So not just the stonemasons, but also carpenters very much have to work within the whims of the world. Nature, equally a valuable skill. So raise. <clears throat> so sorry. For a 41. <laughs> Very nice. I would like to know everything, please. <laughs> Gonna hit him with the big crit. Uh, a lot of the production of carpentry and the craftsmanship they have to do is involving a large amount of finesse. Uh, skill not just in the creation of elaborate works of furniture, but also in the construction and the installation of odd pieces. Acrobatics is all but necessary. 
and your understanding of the application of such could be useful. Additionally, critically succeeding, you know that the all-joiner here, all-joiner row, is doesn't really seem to have any majorly strong feelings for or against you, and seems more interested than a lot of the other dwarves to get to take his turn, to get to ask his question and to learn of the character as he would gauge it of the party. Uh, he, though he, he does seem a lot more engaged than any but perhaps the Forge Master, that does not mean he's necessarily on your side, but he's very curious. Machine. All right, perception. Okay, that's uh, gonna be a 31. 31, you would learn, uh, just the language barrier makes it a little bit difficult here, but the all joiner speaks in a kind of grandiose manner. Uh, you can tell just from having been in cobbler for eight hours that like woodworking and carpentry is not a major facet of their life. Right. Um, but that really does not stop all joiner row from thinking relatively big. Uh, and you think it would be wise to play into that to some extent. Uh, appearing to lack imagination or worse, being overly cynical would probably not put you in the all joiner's good graces with your response. That leaves with Thursday. Twenty-three. Twenty-three. You're not going to learn anything further. Yeah. All right. All right. So, what's up with this guy? As the old joiner asks his question, and the forge master translates, I've found it's rather simple to gauge the depths of one's character, be they dwarf or one from the surface above. So I'll ask a simple question. Perhaps answered equally simply. I propose to you a scenario. Your best friend, lifelong, asks you for advice on the best home in which to raise a family. What do you tell them? Hmm. You may infer. Right, is this, is this a trick question? No, oh, it's simple. Like the one with the roof over it? I mean... No. If you want to go through a dwarven mine, you could just do it as if uh, the sturdiest and most supportive and just go through And he just starts ranting and gets his crayon drawings of like schematics of previous buildings before that he's like doodled as a child. Perhaps this is a cultural difference, but the Roxy live in community homes. Yes. We have big Yosoki live in Warrens, either dug underground or pieced together. Well, we live very close to one another. My home is wherever you guys are. Oh. Wait. Um, I don't maybe think that's that, it. that it's that's quite not, to the question. And it's not what your friend yeah. would be looking for for advice. What if he's or looking a, for the morality of home? But what? Think of the environment Raz you grew up in. Raz just walks forward. <laughs> Raz the clock. Raz the clock. Steps up to the plate. This man is ready. We're going to go with crafting. Okay. All righty. Give me a crafting. The 20. Um, we will not critically fail. Yeah. But it will fail. I am Yosoki, as you see. Um, um, yeah. So we live much differently than most other surface dwellers do. 
We live in Warrens, close together, tight-knit. So if it was a non-Yosoki best friend lifelong, my suggestion would be one where you can keep your family close, where you share the warmth on a cold desert night. It's that kind of home, one that is small, humble, but sturdy enough to protect all. Yes, I think that's it. Yeah, that's it. Yes. And uh, <clears throat> so Aljo turns and says And I said all that in Dwarven. Oh, okay, fair yeah. enough. So they would actually, I'll just reply to you briefly. Um, thank you. Insightful and different. I'll admit I know little of Isoki and your ways, but I thank you for sharing what you have. Thank you for listening. I suppose we'll get the two non-standard ones out of the way first, and I'll walk forward as well. Uh, I believe I have a similar uh, situation to my friend. As an Eroxi, we live in larger uh, community homes, so to speak. You're just being translated to the yep. Forge Master. So it, uh, it's a bit less fluid than Raz's. And I'll use uh, crafting to explain like the general design, how they get put Hella together. Hella crafting value this session. Yeah. I think it's been higher than the entirety of the campaign so far, probably. The, the dwarves are easily swayed by crafting, you say? No way. Craft. For uh. a 39. Oh. 39? Or, oh. hold on. 35. 35 will regular succeed. Okay. Okay. I'm, succeed. Yeah, still yeah. succeeds. There's a difference between regular and critically yeah. succeeding, though. But uh, essentially, the way that it works is uh, some of us will climb up into large trees, weigh them down, bring them all together in a four-point roof, and the structure will be built from these, if in a forest. If not in a forest, sometimes using ropes, uh, weaving you can build large canopies off of the side of a of a cliff but always done with and through the community as a whole everyone has a part everyone has a place and uh you would hear clearly what's the same thing that he had immediately applied to raz with but you don't speak dwarven and the forge master briefly transmits thank you and then the rest of the party. I'll give it a shot. I walk on up. And I'm going to do my crafting. And let's hope it's a... Uh, crafting day. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the skill that I didn't invest in, crafting but I should have. Time. Mm. <sighs> should have, I says. can see the 20. Does that help? <laughs> Not quite. So far. Is the dwarf about it, to fail dwarven diplomacy? Listen, I failed my nature check, which is to be expected. <laughs> but this is a crafting check. Strong open. Mediocre middle. <laughs> Strong um, close? Hopefully. No, the close I wish ripped. I had a hero point, but that'll be a 16. 16 <laughs> will critically fail. Um, well, I might as well do it with some class. <laughs> if you're going to fail, fail big. So, uh, obviously in Dwarven. You're already aware of this thing. I made this. Um, drops out of the ground and starts rummaging through his bag. It's, uh, you just see just little things of paper. Some spaghetti. All poorly. <laughs> some, some spaghetti. No, that's my mom's spaghetti. <laughs> and then as you, and then he like finally goes, ah, here, see? I, I turned this as a kid. This is how I built this. It's in 
very poor dwarven cred. He's <laughs> like actually showing him a crayon drawing. <laughs> um, don't let the looks fool you. It, 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 it's useful. See, that's all dried blood from the monsters I slay. He just embarrassingly puts his axe down like I'll I'll go get the elf. Um, <laughs> yeah, sure. I'll help you. Um Oshino step up. <laughs> well, You gonna be okay? No! Okay, this. Our macaroni art really got you. <laughs> the macaroni art! I'm really sorry, Chad. I'm, I'm trying. I'm, not, I'm sorry, Roshin. I'm sorry. Go ahead. <sighs> My upbringing was a simple one. I grew up in the hinterlands of Galt, um, in a forest, fairly dense. Um, I won't speak to how home should be built. I grew up in one and I was thankful for it, though it was clearly not the best, as it did not survive the war. But I think my friend Resme uh, has seen quite a bit, and I feel that she would be the best one to answer this, uh, and to give you the best breath of experience. Uh, and that's a diplomacy to aid. Oh my god. Do you guys have numbers in R2 on them? I don't know. <laughs> Doesn't matter. You still succeed. But that's a 21, still so succeeds. plus Resume one. Resume will get a plus one Woo! to whatever she chooses to use. Over there, die. Uh, I'm going to use crafting. <laughs> Is it just Lord Dwarf at this point? What? Crafting. I mean, was yes. it ever not? <laughs> you say the same thing about, like, you know... Is it really better if you're all in that tower? Not really. Not it seems to pretty consistently. It's deep. almost like the dice spaces randomly show up. Well, yeah, it's <laughs> almost like you have approximately a one in twenty chance of any given result. Yeah. Uh, I'm gonna reroll that. Um, she uh, actually uh, is a little taken aback that you defer that you defer to me. Like I actually didn't. She actually didn't think you would. So she'll kind of realign what she thought she was gonna say. You just asked me. I know, but she didn't actually Out think of you would. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Better. Uh, that is going to be a 37. With the aid? Mm hmm. 37 will regularly succeed. That much. I mean, it's better than failing. Um, if my friend asked me what kind of home he should build for his family, I would tell him that the most important thing would be to start with a strong foundation. If you build your foundation, then the walls will stand, the roof will stand, the facade might change, the people within it might change, and lives will go on, but the house itself will never fall. I'm quite surprised you speak the tongue. Uh, my I thank you. It it does make this affair uh, a fair bit easier. That's it. And uh, she turns to the Forge Mastery, who translates for the whole of the party. 
perhaps simply it's an error of translation or perhaps a difference of culture but what i see before me are strong arms and quite possibly wise minds but one's not aligned with a dwarven life or a dwarven city or dwarven principles at that i'm sorry but i can't put the faith of the carpenter's skills in your hands oh no not the carpenters <laughs> all three of them what a shame <laughs> no. no the woodworkers it <laughs> was important though <laughs> What are we going to do with a magical gate now that we don't have carpenters? Magical <laughs> <laughs> oh. gate made of stone. <laughs> it's almost like we could go literally anywhere else where there's carpenters and know better what they're doing. Because oh. they work with wood, not stone. Not the carpenters go, no. But, uh... You guys are mean. <laughs> <laughs> There's wow. three of them. <laughs> We've seen the whole Carpenter's Guild in the hall right now. <laughs> exactly. Right. This is the. You had to give them glue. <laughs> I really do kind of want to mend that table. It's actually kind of driving Resume crazy. So another, uh, once again, woman with a coin, with her small braids pulled back and this kind of loose knot. It's very, again, very much at odds with the rest of the table, who are sitting very, uh, all of their outfits, the, everything about their appearance is incredibly well manicured, tightly camped, and formal. Whereas she has, again, this uh, gilded hauberk of scaled mail and these simple pauldrons and some matching van braces. It doesn't quite give off the same appearance of uh, very high renown if it were not for the fact that most of the armor she wears is gilded clearly displaying a large amount of wealth and that your her symbol appears to be a literal coin you Money. would wonder what whether exactly she was after she's actually the guild of subtlety you, whether you even like actually you, did you just wander in here <laughs> <laughs> Actually, just has enough money. She buys a seat every week. Just well, a big stands, dollar sign on a necklace. Picks up the coin, flips it. I actually couldn't see it, but with the sound panels, it like totally disappeared. But the the gray coin with the sound panels. Here, here, the gold here. One. Use a hero point. I need a gold one. <laughs> I can see the gray was gone. Flips the coin, catches it, mars it with her hand, and puts it back on the table and keeps it for everything. And gives it to me because this is this is, this is important. You need it. Well. My associates here on the Council of Regions certainly have their own way of gauging character. Gauging the will of an outsider. But... Well, the old joiner's not wrong. Not everything translates through such different societies. They have very different lives down here, surely. Fortunate Peggy Cavestrom, head of the Gambler's Guild. And I've found, through all my travels, in all my days around the halls here there's one simple merit and judge of character that ain't let me down but a single time and uh let's gauge her real Lord quick underworld or underworld yeah well we'll get to your resume just ask the, uh, you mean, that's an appropriate question 
Oh. Nat, Nat 20. 20. Okay. Who's that? Everything. So you're going to pick up, first of all, that it's the, it's the Gambler's Guild. She's coming at you very much less formally. And in her line of work, perhaps knowledge of a uh, sleight of hand could be quite useful. Could be regularly something that she at least needs to be very much aware of. She's running any kind of a gambler's hall. Um, additionally, you would get the sense that it's maybe not necessarily she doesn't take this as seriously as the rest of the Council of Regents, but that she doesn't really seem to see any particular reason to doubt you. She seems like she should be fairly easy to sway to your cause. Uh, Roisin. Roisin, with a perception. Okay, uh, that's going to be a 34. With a 34, uh, you will succeed hand-in-hand hand with sleight of hand is deception. Uh, two skills that are the gambler's folly, things that she needs to be very well, very well versed in to be able to judge character. Uh, and it's not so much that you're like, ha, oh, look at me, I can cheat good, appreciate me, but that that same skill is necessary to be able to prevent such things, to, uh, to be able to see through lies. Understanding of deceit itself is critical to her craft. A raz. Oh, Society. That's a tree. Man, or 25. 25. You suck, you don't gamble. Uh, Marshall. <laughs> Feast or famine over uh, there. Perception. Middle of the road. Eh, 27. Not terrible, but. Uh, 27. Not really learned anything that the party hasn't already picked up on. Okay. So, can I lure Underworld? I'll let lure Underworld for the learning. Okie doke. Then, what I'm going to get over here is a 15 plus. I've not had to use it. Uh, okay, it's actually a plus 18, so 33. 33 will absolutely succeed. Uh, oh, same boat again. Thievery. Thievery could also be quite a useful skill to find common ground. But as she presents herself here with didn't, her... Didn't you already give us that? Yeah, I think you did thievery. already give us thievery. You said sleight of hand, which is thievery. Ooh. They have actually failed me. They have. They actually have sleight of hand and thievery. I was just literally reading what's on the paper. It has deception, sleight of hand, or thievery. Sleight of hand um, is a thievery. Right, check. yeah. But they. Uh, I think this This is the first AP when it came out. This is. They probably at one point, I'm mm. seeing behind the curtain, they were going to be separate skills. Because they definitely have both oh. of them listed. They, Maybe uh, their hands were just smaller. This they was were put through slighter? before they apparently decided to merge those two. Uh, then let's give you... Let me look at the board. Performance seems like it fit pretty well. Uh, I'll give you performance instead then. Dance, my lizard man. Dance. Uh, the point of a gambling hall is entertainment, after all. So, uh. she stands up, coins still on the table, just points out kind of loosely at the party. I got a simple question for a lot of you. What's the funniest thing that's ever happened to you? This is going to be awesome. Oh, boy, do it's, I have an idea for You may this. confer. You weren't, you weren't here for this, but there's this thing that happens at this point. <laughs> <laughs> so, question. Okay. Do you think I'm able to use intimidation in this? You can try and roll it. I, I mean, I feel like... I feel like... It's probably not the best idea. tell her a really, really big fish story. No, the only thing I have related... 
got a really big fish story machine. You fish stars? You know, like 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 a story where like you take something you did and then you like blow it up way out of proportion to make it look really cool. Oh, you make something up. <laughs> but it, in a really creative way that she'll appreciate. Oh, go far. She seems to be as hype. Come on, that's all you, Raz. You just Raz. Raz is deep Raz. in thought. Yes. Raz. Raz. Thinking hard. Marshall, just be yourself. And she's oh, waiting. She's boy. literally got like, she's standing one boot up on the chair, hand in her knee, leaning one elbow on the table. Just, I'm, I'm pushing Captain Marshall Morgan. to go first. I, 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 just waiting. You just defer to someone else if you don't think you've got anything. Um, I'm going to attempt a thievery check. Okay. Marshall, just to aid just that, or to present your own case? To aid. Because... That's my highest bonus towards this person. It's a plus three. So. Woo! <laughs> Put so that die down. I'm going to go ahead and use it to aid at least. So. You did it. Wow. You actually wow. did it. Wow. <laughs> uh, that's a it. T- 22. Giving a plus one to somebody. Okay. So <laughs> what I do. You actually did it, the madman. <laughs> so this is what I do. So. You know the, my little rat friend, right? He taught me this little trick. <laughs> and then he just, and here's Raz. Just pick him up by the back of his coat and drop him. We're just manhandling the rat. Raz is oh, in thought not paying attention to anything. And it's like, and here's Raz. And here's King Vitaz. <laughs> the rat. We're gonna do performance because I get you get a plus one for me. What's the bonus? What's the bonus from a no? Like, is it a status or circumstance? Circumstance. Circumstance. I have no idea what he gives me because my rat gives me a plus two to something. Oh, we'll see if it matters. Yeah. Um. I don't think might. it might. It might. Um, Twenty-eight with the plus one. Uh, Dang it, it does matter. All right, I'm gonna, I'm gonna say that you probably don't get a perpetual circumstance bonus because that would be kind of weird. Other than for like shields, the only thing I know of to do that. It is a circumstance. It bonus. is. Yeah. So it doesn't stack. Yeah. So it's plus two from him. So it'd be a twenty-nine with him ah. overriding. Okay, twenty-nine will succeed. Hey. Oh. Um. Uh. Uh. <laughs> uh. Being put on the spot like this is very embarrassing. Um, I'm sorry. <laughs> one time, it's not. It's funny now that I think about it, but um, one time, the first time I was teaching a class in Absalom, it was a very big class. It was about a month's day, a tenure there for the college. to learn all sorts of things from around the world, and it was a lot more people than I thought it was. And you see how I do with this ten dwarfs in front of me. I, I, I wet myself. <laughs> and you see the pads on his shoulder just patting him on the back of the head like there, there. I just, Thanks. I, I just through pick, grit. I just pick Raz back up and I'm just like, it's, it's okay. To share a story like that with a butt of your own joke. You could have shown anything with the console. You chose that? Yeah, I did. Uh. Turn. <laughs> what? That's pretty funny. <laughs> All right. Get a load of this. Performance check. <laughs> oh, boy. 
you gonna tap dance? That's a seven. That's could be worse. Twenty-six. Twenty-six will fail. Twenty-six will fail. Not a critical fail. Not a critical fail. <laughs> so there we were, in Ravenel. Got down clear in a tower full of the Triad goons. And what does Resme decide would be an excellent idea to go celebrate our victory? Trying to put me in a dress. <laughs> I saw your eyes. You don't believe it, do you? I, I, didn't, I, I didn't believe it myself. I didn't believe it myself. Before I realized it, armor was off. In this contraption, it felt like a cage. I pull it out. <laughs> With slight tears. The core set out of the back. <laughs> <laughs> she claimed it was the height of fashion. I'm still to this day convinced that it was a cruel joke played upon me. Eh, believe me, breathing and bending were nigh impossible. The and plate bends better. She reaches over, and with the back of her hand, she just kind of smacks the uh, all joiner and uh, nods with her head to that thing. <laughs> <laughs> nice! <laughs> That's what I was telling you about! Oh, you thought I was lying! <laughs> <laughs> the humans voluntarily wear them! It's the strangest things. Great for getting confessions out of people, I'm sure. Oh, I imagine if they can even talk in the thing! Alright. Um. I am going to go with, uh, deception. Alright. Sneaky, sneaky, like. I am going to blow a story way out of proportion. Oh, <laughs> God. <laughs> I'm scared. I really don't think and that tower is doing any favors. Yeah, I, why don't you roll the different towers? I'm going to hand you that lovely Here, hero point from Loopy. <laughs> because for a second there, the story got ahead of me and I kind of snorted. <laughs> too laughing too hard to start talking. <laughs> okay. That is that's better. 50% higher. It is. Uh, it's going to be a 24. 24 is going to fail. Um, however, I will tell uh, the, a story about how we killed this dragon. And I have this spell called Shrink Item. Oh, God. And we decided to shrink it because we wanted to bring it to some place to make armor out of it, but we couldn't transport it. But then we thought, you know, if we were to like actually try to eat this for sustenance, like the way the spell works is once it gets back out and into like a thing where it can grow to its original size, it does. So then we thought, what if we eat it and we poop it out and it becomes like a big, like, you know, poop beta. That was not a setup for a poop joke. <laughs> Well, it was funny at the time. I don't doubt it. <laughs> <laughs> Let me provide you with actual entertainment. <laughs> now, let me regale you of a story of a friend of ours named uh, Buddy. <laughs> now, you see, Buddy is a farmer. He's a relatively simple man. He's good-hearted. He's a good friend. He does not catch on to things very quickly. Now, I had a, uh, and I'll pull out my coin that I have. I had a, a few trick items, and basically, similar to this, I asked him if he would like to guess the coin when I flip it. And I'm going to go ahead and roll here, because this is where something matters. 
What, uh, Deception. What Deception? Yeah. All right. So, plus 24. <laughs> All right. Roll it again. You did it. Nice. For a 26. The twos are unbelievable. But it's today. not ones. It's not ones. It's not critically failing. It's yeah. just regular failing. Now, you'll see. When you flip this coin, and I'll flip it, call the coin. You get the feeling it don't matter what I pick. It didn't catch on. For about uh, six hours. <laughs> <laughs> the wit of your farmer friend aside, <laughs> I don't find much funny about a cheat. It's only for fun. I use it to play with friends in pranks. Still, for the most part, y'all certainly seem like fine enough folk. And if Commander Bronzebeard's got any truth to the words that he's said, there's the words he got about oh. you. Somehow can, fighting them. Can I re-roll the dice? <laughs> oh, give it to him! Give it to him! I did say don't fill the real entertainment. <laughs> All right, I'm gonna hand you this. Then you're gonna hand it back to me. And roll a one. Then you're gonna roll a one. The ritual is complete. <laughs> Not a one. Critical success. <laughs> what do you got? Uh, well, that's a uh, forty. Well, that's in fact a critical success. There's so, one on that die. So let's rewind this for a second. Lurope, <laughs> <laughs> don't want to see that happen. Lurope, sorry. So I'm going to flip the coin, catch it, put it on my hand. Guess what the coin is? Heads or tails? As I showed you, it's normal coin, both sides. Heads. It'll be heads. Now, I'm going, I take it to like gambling. I'm going to take out my striking dagger, put it on the table. <laughs> I would like to make a 50-50 bet with you oh. that this will be tails. Dagger is on the line. It is magic. It is what a pretty penny. Would you like to take bet? What's my end of the bargain? Smile. <laughs> a bit of support. And nothing uh, too ridiculous. All right. That's fair. I'll take it. Speaks a coin off the table. But you're flipping this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's, that's fine with me. Heads is the P. Yeah, heads is the P. Tell, this is no, why no, I don't we, wear we, them we for just a long said time. We're not peeing. No P. So, heads is P, tails I win. <laughs> <laughs> What? What? I don't understand what's happening. On heads. <laughs> <laughs> that is a legitimate tail. That's a legit tail. <laughs> For winning. Actual tails. <laughs> I don't know how well you can see it, but I did get the tails. He I'll, told I'll the tail. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's what it should have been. Heads, she gets the da like heads. She gets the dagger. Tails, you keep the hero point. That's what. That's what you should have done. <laughs> Too late but, now. Uh, too late now. I missed yeah. the opportunity. I'll take the critical success. <laughs> she kind of smirks. And the good use of the hero point. That was fantastic timing. Yeah. Well, it seems fortune favors you. As do I. Truth be told, I see no reason not to throw support behind this group. <laughs> if all the things have been happening here about some cobbler, certainly not my purview. But I see no reason not to trust them if they come claiming to have. Prior knowledge, what we're dealing with, and things would be helpful. 
And again, I tend to favor the side of luck here. The gamblers are going to st stand behind you. Fantastic. Thank you, Lily Europa. <laughs> yeah, thank you, man. Yep. What a Sometimes hero. all you need is to turn a two into a 16. <laughs> the real hero is here is chat. Yeah, just stop rolling twos. That's really stupid. I should do that. I should stop just stop rolling, rolling twos. Just idiot. stop rolling twos, ones, you idiot. Yeah. Don't stop rolling twos. Well, just start honestly, rolling ones. I'll take don't the twos. Say, yeah, don't say the, the, the O word. Yeah, I'll take the twos. The twos all are fine. The twos are not bad. It's, it's his turn. Another dwarf will stand now. And as he does, he adjusts his vest. His collar, slightly. Is he gonna take off his? Is he? <laughs> is the, I'm the stripper skill. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he, uh, he stands. Did you order a fireman today? <laughs> he has a. <laughs> ordered a weatherman. Ordered a weatherman. That's why he's got the nice suit on. Oh boy. He has a small, almost uh, like miniature beret-like cap perched on one side of his head, with his hair rolled in a massive stacked braid around the outside of it. His beard kept very short, save for a single long thick braid coming directly out from the chin that hangs down to about the middle of his chest. He is wearing an absolutely exquisite, well-maintained, uh, fine shirt with a gilded vest over the top of it. Both very brightly, almost pastel colored, even in the relatively dim light of this council chamber, the golden thread glimmers a bit throughout his vest, complementing well the light color of the sleeves uh, billowing out behind. Is he my new bestie? As he stands... You might say he's fashionably great. Hands folded in front of him. I believe I shall now ask my question. If all is well, I introduce myself. I am the adorned Eckley Bowman. Head of the Guild of Finery. Oh, I love him already. <laughs> now, oh, my purpose on this council and the purpose of our guild in Kovler is perhaps less concrete than the Stonemasons or the Guild of Arms. No less important. For what is civilization and what even is the joy of a life lived long without the finer accoutrements to accompany? Fine clothes, Fine drink, fine food. And Rizme is swooning for a dwarf in the background. Yeah, you just let this one go. <laughs> Short, hairy, and fashionable. Just the way she likes him. And as he looks across the group, uh, you are wearing your armor and your tabard, yeah, right? Yeah, most certainly Raz has a fancy scarf on. A fancy scarf and fancy. I look gorgeous. Resme has a spectacular dress, and he does look directly to you. Similarly, you cannot live a long, full life doing nothing but swinging a sword while swilling piss water at the nearest tavern. Everyone looks so martial. <laughs> Even all the dwarves. <laughs> <laughs> what? And so... I'm in this picture and I don't like it. <laughs> I find there's a relatively simple way to judge one's true priorities. Whether you really live a true, full life, or simply have to act as a peon, commanded throughout your days by a superior, following in lockstep without question, be it a captain or a god, foregoing 
that which makes life even worth living in the first place. And, uh, Rashik, you want to start the assessments here? I assess this man likes fashion. The adorned. Another two. Actually, both. 22. <laughs> 22. And I'm wearing my nice tailored Drake leather jacket. You look pretty good. But, by yeah, I mean, you got a nice vest, but, like... It's not a suit. You know... But I don't look like I'm... You're not exactly confident on what the king of fashion is going to want here. I know exactly what he wants. He wants that uh, that nice bottle of slumber wine that we still have. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm going to give it to him as a gift. <laughs> you are a bad lizard. Marshall. Uh, perception. I'll bet you'll be great at this one. Oh, yeah. Let me tell you. 20. For a 23? I'm not really sure either. Not, not definitely not your wheelhouse. Raz the Bard. What does a rat know about about fashion? Soki are very fashionable. That is a seven, not a one. I thought it was. A I one thought for it was a one. Very second too. Twenty nine on society. Twenty nine on society will let you know that the first step of being able to enjoy the finer things of life is their creation. Would you believe that a member of the Dwarven Council could be swayed by crafting? I think you're, I think you're lying to me. <laughs> I know that this is the first time this has come up today, but crafting is actually... <laughs> Did someone say crafting? Rasheen. Perception. Hey, it's hey. not it's not horrendous. That's a 29 perception. 29's not, yeah, you know, you only experience fashion via force. Yeah. <laughs> we might get out of this with only one knowledge of, uh, it's the one that, it's the one that we matters. Can do. Yep. I'm gonna, I'm, I'm gonna roll, uh, society. Oh, let's see. Impossible. Uh, that's gonna be a 32. 32 will succeed. We'll tell you that similarly, a life of high society, a life of finery is not just about how wealthy you are or what things you can afford. It is about the way that you live your life, the style, the performative art. Performance. Also, mm. a solid one to make an impression on this fine gentleman here. It sounds right, like the only two we need. So the question. It's about doing the dance or making the pants. Which one do we want to do? Well, As he stands. We can also aid. <laughs> one hand across his vest. A simple gauge of character and priorities. Describe to me the most glorious outfit you ever had the good fortune to wear. You don't, you don't have to describe it. I'm going to show him. That's right. That's right. It's you're right in be, your bag. You're I just kind of look at Trushik. I'm like, should I just get this over with and put myself first? I have the dress. We're going to show him exactly what this looks like. You can't put it on me here. Yes. Take everything off. No, watch. I don't believe you and I Watch. What are you going to do? If anything will say. I fear you up. If you would like. Okay. I like some of these guys. Because your crafting is way better. So, uh... Marshall is going to come up. stepping up as him and Trishik had some deliberation as you two are still talking. Marshall steps I'm forward. going to use my crafting to support Trishik. Ooh, okay, fair enough. By doing so, as I went like, actually, hold on one second. Turn around for a second. Pick up Trishik. <laughs> Put him down. <laughs> Display the outfit I made for him. Yes, there we go. There it is. There, there it natural is. One. He back on an aid. On an aid. It's good that he went to aid. So you're going to take a minus one for this strange presentation. Just off-put the adorned a little bit. Uh, 
I'm, I killed a fire drake and made this outfit for him out of it. Doesn't look nice. I, uh... <laughs> my friend is good at some things and not so much at others. It's a pleasure to meet you. But uh, I have a gift for you. A man of fine taste would appreciate some fine You're really giving him to slumber wine. Yes. <laughs> I, like, I like it. So I will pull out the slumber wine that we found in the cave. It looks like nice wine. It does look like nice wine. It doesn't do anything for an hour after he drinks it. Mm -hmm. So even if he drinks it right now, we're fine. So I'm just going to hand him a bottle of slumber wine. You're a bad person. And with a craft check, I will explain the process used to make fine wine. <laughs> That's not poison. Yeah. <laughs> okay. This is the story of our friendship. Oh! Ho, ho. So that's a 35. Is that what the minus one? Yes. Yeah. Okay. 35 will succeed. See, my mess doesn't get away. matter. You can't keep getting away with it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, by the way, slumber wine can last for up to a week. <laughs> Wait, what's it, what's it matter to a dwarf? So like a, a day? Hmm. Dwarven time yeah, is actually, weird. Actually, we would have to it's cut like that into. Oh, yeah, it is a How third longer, days? so it's going to be like five ish forge days. Roughly, yeah. Yeah. We would just have to math it out because it depends on his saves, but if he fails every save, he's out for a full week. <laughs> a full, like, surface week. A full normal person week. Yeah. So, like, five forge days, yeah. Yes. Okay. Well, he takes it, he's admiring it. And I'm literally going to explain the process of how such fine wines can be made in a quicker than what you would expect manner, simply taking somewhere around a week to produce exemplary samples. Well, this does look like an absolutely delicious slice of the surface life. It would unfortunately, much to my chagrin, not truly be appropriate to accept gifts in such a situation, but I thank you humbly for the offer. And I will put it back. That will be put to use later. <laughs> <laughs> Raz is gonna step forward. Heroes. Save Resnick for last, yes. Most fashionable, yes. And with a quick flip, we're gonna do a performance. Mataz is going to help. I have my own aid. For a 36. 36 will critically succeed. As he pulls off his. Oh, wait, hat. no, regular succeed, sorry. I would have critically succeeded on Discovery, but not the actually in Yeah. As he pulls off his hat, he twirls it in his hand. Mataz runs down to the hat, pushes it over, lands, and just does this. And then, of course, he jumps back off, and Raz flips it back over and <laughs> walks up and hands it to him. I'm Yusoki. We don't really have a lot in the ways of super fancy clothes, but this was a gift picked out by my daughter by hand at the most, well, at the time, the fanciest establishment we ever stood in. What's finer than a... And he just hands it off. Right. Uh, what's finer than a piece of accessory given to you with love and thoughtfulness without your own input, yes? A very interesting, perhaps the fortunate would say humorous, difference of culture, but one that I am certainly not above appreciating. And he uh, hands the bat, uh, hat back to you. She's a fine eye. Yes, thank you. <sighs> you like right. armor. Rushing starting. Yes, I know, I know. <laughs> <laughs> and and Roisin is going to take a bit of a pose. Um, she's going to be aiding with performance. Yes! I'm way too excited about this. Yes. 
Last time you used performance to distract somebody, it actually went really well. So. I did not use performance to distract somebody. I was hiding behind the wall ready to chop him in half with a sword. Ah, true. Let me perform this sword. That was, that was the backup <laughs> distraction. Yeah, I was they're the very distracted dancer. when they're dead. Yeah. Oh. Um, in my story, uh, and it just so happens that we have the article with us today, and uh, I'm sure that resume over here has just the perfect way to present the tale. <laughs> and uh, performance check to aid. <laughs> Oof. Look at that. All right, that's going to be a. 36. Are you better than trained? I am not. Then plus, uh, still plus one, I think. I, mm. Yeah, experts plus one. Uh, critically succeeding, yeah, critically succeeding actually, does, I don't believe, does anything on an aid unless you're at least an expert. Okay. Because it's plus one if you succeed and plus one per tier if you critically succeed. So it trained, it's still just. Okay. But, resume will get a plus one at demonstration. So um, she'll bring out uh, the prestidigitation and uh, mage hand to pick up a, uh, a piece of cloth to hold up in front of uh, Roisin, and we're going to do a quick change. Oh, yeah, are you? Oh, yeah. All right. And and we're going to be doing a little uh, using some magic tricks to perform a little bit of uh, magic. <laughs> and Miss Roisin today will be wearing a lovely silk and ver and vermeil uh, one strap dress That's made of iron. <laughs> um, and I'll kind of describe uh, how it was made and how it was put together and how and all the measurements. Those work. of you that are not behind the paper, you see uh, fortunate Kim scream smack the carpenter. <laughs> Massive grin on her face. Do you know what to I told you. Arcadis in chat said that Chris says on eight base is plus two. Okay, so plus two then. Oh, okay. it's expert. It doesn't make a difference. You hear the sound of ribs breaking as the corset is tightened. <laughs> Curse will fix that up in no time. <laughs> you just got to punch somebody first. This is all combat to you. <laughs> It's like the gugs kind of squished me up pretty nicely. Ugh, another two. <coughs> uh, you got plus two from the aid. I do, and I get a plus one for my item. <clears throat> thinking, thinking, mapping. Calculations. What, 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 what were you rolling? Performance. Performance. No, are you serious? You're rolling performance. No, I wasn't rolling have, performance. I was gonna say you're not trained in it. Uh, diplomacy. You Dipl oh, oh, you're okay. just going for the raw diplomacy. Yeah, okay. I'm just going for raw diplomacy. Uh, what do you got? Gonna be a 32. That's still not bad. Uh, 32 is gonna succeed. No. Even the res made a roll too. And... I'm glad I went diplomacy. <laughs> 32 would have succeeded on discovery. 32 doesn't succeed on regular failure. So still really funny. But uh Roshin's just blushing so furiously that it just kind of kills the performance, is what I think it is. I think the Rico trying not to laugh. Looks like this the entire time. <laughs> the smell of blood ruined it, actually. The smell of murder. <laughs> <laughs> and perhaps it takes a little oh, bit longer. Hold up. And you hope for this Sorry. quick change. Wait. Here. But resume. Mm. Redemption. Can I? Tea for goblins. We're gonna have a re Another quick change. Do over? Yeah, please. Seven, roll better. Just turn it into a 16. Turn it into a 1. We have... Mm. You know what? It doubled it. It did double it. 
Um, that's Might that be enough? And a 34, 34. does actually. <laughs> oh my god. Yes! Smell the blood still ruins it. T for goblin. Regular success. See, it's actually, it's not that we're doing well enough. It's that there's just enough support in the background of people like, woo, yeah. I love you, T for goblin. To the Carpenter's Guild. The two of them. Yeah. They want us. <laughs> the guild master. is just like, woo. <laughs> the guild master doesn't want us, but the actual members of the guild does. And so All two the adorned <laughs> looking at Roshin here. The fashions of the surface are so interesting. The, the lengths that you're willing to go to, suffering for your art almost. I've long wondered, don't it defeat the purpose of such fine clothing, such fine times, such fine galas, I imagine, attended and things such as that. They can barely move in it. My understanding is you're supposed to... She kind of shuffles, essentially her knees being permanently joined together by the dress. She can only kind of move her, her calves at this point. It's sort of making do with the movements that you have and trying to find something beautiful in that. A personal curiosity is all it is. You look absolutely beautiful. Oh, thank you very much. It's a spectacular gown and an equally impressive feat. You can don it so quickly. Practice. Her <laughs> armor is like imagine. scattered behind this. <laughs> <laughs> now... As I stand for the Guild of Finery. These situations we have, this Scarlet Triad and Magical Portals. It's the realm of Commander Bronzebeard and the Archmage uh, Sumer. But still, these seem fine folk. And the answers to both my questions on behalf of my fellow guildsmen and to the answers I've heard here today. I see no reason not to listen, as the fortunate so boldly put it, or so eloquently put it, rather the voices of those who've already had the experience. Give other support. I and the Guild of Finery stand behind you. Ooh. They're very important. I'm going shopping. We can't, we can't we slay will have the finest triad goons. cream brulee for the week that we're here. <laughs> and uh, as he sits back down, another one stands. A woman looking relatively young. Uh, her hair fairly bright, almost platinum as it kind of billows up at the front. Uh, uncommon for a dwarf, a few strands uh, as curls left off to the side, almost framing her face as it turns into a massive rolling pile of braids behind her that doesn't go much lower than her shoulders. Uh, she stands with a buttoned up vest uh, that bears bright brass uh, stamped insignias. You can't really make out exactly what they are. Uh, it doesn't look like the same sigil as the coat of arms that she has on the back of her chair. But as she stands, uh, arms folded in front of her, looking rather serious, almost the foil to the fortunate, who's just got her feet up on the desk at this point, having a great time. <laughs> well, I'd certainly say piqued my curiosity. Gold hand, metal, thunder shield. Guild master of the guild of coin. Hmm. Otter job is an important one as cobbler comes more and more open to the trade of the other kingdoms and beyond that to the surface above the quest for sky long ago was one that unsealed the dwarven kingdoms many would say but allowed us much of the progress we've made today and almost all of that would have been impossible were we not able to aptly adapt our merchantry our economy to handle trade 
from those above and those unknown. Our goods are not theirs, nor are our ways theirs. But still, in all things, there is some common ground. And finding that, as I'm sure the physics would certainly agree, is important. The benchmark, the cornerstone. Given enough need, enough desire, or simply enough welcoming errors, commonality can be found in the strangest of places, near all of them. I believe. So as she speaks, this kind of odd introduction, uh, sort of winding around to the actual purpose of what she does at her guild. Who did we start with last time? Me. Rashik then. Perception. Give me the eyeballs, boy. 34. 34. You would gather. Now, this is. Money. You're going to need to sit. Firm grip on the armrests. Mm -hmm. I want you to fall out of your chairs. I'm about to blow your mind. Yeah, it's crafting. Uh. (laughs) You have to be able to make money. You have to physically make the money. Hand over fist. (laughs) Look, man, all I got to say is you and me, we got this right here. Crafting. Now you're green, too. Oh, yes, I am. Marshall. What, what? Lizard green? It just rubs off. I don't know where it comes from anymore. The 26. Money. 26? It's just ink from all the money I've been making. That's what I said. Crafting. What is she talking about? You're crafting. Crafting. <laughs> right. Yeah. So, crafting. <laughs> I realized during our, our back and forth, my favorite part about sitting in this chair is I'm always third. Consistent. You are in the middle. Yes, that is you true. You're always third. Raz in the middle. Um, Society. New, new 90 sitcom. Yeah, nine. Nine. 31. 31 will succeed. Uh, you can tell that, uh, I mean, obviously she believes, and she's not really wrong, that commerce and trade, especially to an open uh, civilization like this, is a cornerstone of society. And society, indeed, is a good check. <sighs> Roisin with her perception. Ooh. Ooh. Hey, oh, that's not bad. That's a 38. 38 is a critical success. Um, this marketing, this trade, this economy... It's not all about exchange of coin and goods. There is more than that. There is category two, the services, the provisions, things that are useful. And what is the most basic service one could provide to another if it is not entertainment? I thought you were going to say okay. the other thing. I see. Pro- World's oldest profession. Prostitution. <laughs> that, it, yeah. That's entertainment. Ah, Still enough. performance. But, uh... I feel so much cheaper. <laughs> all of a sudden... Oh. And he you said, also, and I was, I was even hey, more convinced. Hey, baby, you give a good performance. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna leave you a tip. <laughs> back to the dwarves. Oh. So, back to the weather. So, <laughs> that's also back performance. Why? <laughs> Goldhand Thundershield um, has not really shown any any amount of her hand as to how she supports you, and you you kind of get the feeling that you're sort of middle ground. Uh, like most of these dwarves, she's going to take some persuading uh, in order for you to ensure that your interests align with hers and cobblers and that she can support you, but it shouldn't be terribly hard. You flip the priest, you can do anything. <laughs> <laughs> sky's the limit. Resume. And if your resume, you the limit's the sky. All right. Uh, I'm going to roll society. The dwarves want the ceiling to the limit. That's going to be a 24. I guess the ceiling is actually limit. Mm. Uh, 24. You're not really, you don't really learn anything the party doesn't already know here. So, as she 
continues here. So, to all these things, the root has been commonly established many generations, perhaps aeons ago. There is a common thread of gold that runs throughout all modern civilization. Be it us down here, be it the other folk up above, even the Dwerger, those who still toil for Drosker down beneath the world, still have the same exchanges. So, the value and the power of coin is important in any standing city, any kingdom. It can be raised by the coin and brought low by coin. You've piqued my interest here with this garb of yours. It doesn't look cheaply made, nor does it look simple. Oh, I ask you, maybe you have personal answers. What's the best way to build your fortune? Cool. I think I got that. I actually really like that question. That's pretty cool. You make a meal. I actually have one idea right off the bat, and I don't mind going first this time if you guys are okay with that. I mean... As Raz is about to yeah, sub 40 sees Marshall go for it. It's like, okay. I'm not being first. Yeah. Raz is getting ready to just shut on up there. <clears throat> Raise it up. But Now, my question is, would you guys rather I support somebody? It's up to you. Marry into it? If you think you got something you can go for. Yeah, you got go crafting, for. performance, and society. Yeah, just like... I'm going to go with crafting. It's a plus 14, so it's better than nothing. So. Okay. So, as Marshall steps forward... No harm in trying. Yeah. I think there could possibly be harm in trying. Uh, 24, so... 24 is going to regular fail. Okay. No, no harm. No harm. No harm. So, I'll at least present my case. Well, I'll admit, I'm a mercenary, so crafting's not exactly a thousand percent my thing. However, being from a family of, you know, uh, forge masters, we uh, pride ourselves on the best ways to make high-quality armor and weaponry. Now, I go with the whole cost thing, you know, like... Yeah, if you want something good, you got to use better material, and that costs more money, and then you got to charge more, you won't get as many customers. However, my dad taught me a wee little bit of a trick. We do an extra fold in every blade and every bit of steel with the same material. Makes it more strong and more firm, but costs the same as, you know, a normal armor, but slightly more durable. So better quality means more sales. Ancient dwarven steel, folded a thousand times. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> a fair enough answer you learned well from your father then aye thank you bow out and uh how's it going <laughs> it's pretty good hope you did better than I did cause I've completely had stage fright <laughs> I'll, Same. Um, I'll go on ahead and walk forward for me personally there are two avenues that I use. One is through the alchemical crafting and merchandise that I have been able to, both through my own means and through adventures. I have found a lot of very interesting recipes for some very uncommon, uh, both medicinal and alchemical components. But I also have found that when you work for somebody who is often around the money, you get a lot yourself. So for me, it is about good timing and the smart mind, being able to make use of what you come across. And I'll uh, two roll my Two the drugs and the poison. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Don't forget the murder. And the murder. So, 
25. 25 is going to regular fail. Just, I make money. You, you present it, yeah, like I money. make things and sell them. Yeah. It's about as the, ba- the most basic answer that could possibly exist. You make things people want. Sometimes they get addicted. <laughs> <laughs> then they want it more. Um, I'll step up and uh, I'll do crafting. Okay. It's going to be a 27. 27's a regular fail. Jeez. We are not having luck here. (laughs) It's Um, fine. The two of you will get crit success. We're here to end exactly where we started. (laughs) (laughs) Nowhere. Well, uh, the the best way to make money is uh, relationships. Uh, It's not about what you know. It's about who you know. And if you know the right people and if you're in the right place at the right time, uh, somehow, money seems to find you. It's not wrong. <laughs> Nepotism. <laughs> you just be born rich. Idiot. I like, mean, that's how I did it. <laughs> this girl. That's how Resme did it. That's true. All right. Well, that loses two. I guess I give a shot. Do you want a regular girl? Of- <laughs> Do you want to suck less? She'll sort of totter up a little bit in her dress. Um, she's stuck in that for the rest of the... Yeah, I can't, she's not going to quick change me back into my armor. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm stuck. This is it. It's my life now. <laughs> this is my life <laughs> Kill me. I'm wearing sleeves. <laughs> not anymore. I changed back, remember? Oh, yeah, you put another one on. That's fair. <laughs> so... All of this talk about specialty crafting and knowing people and familial connections are all well and good, and it creates a great deal of a great deal of fortunes in the world. But for me, perhaps I can I can sing it better. Uh, and Roshin is going to actually sing a folk song. Um, and she's basically going to sing her rendition of the ant and the grasshopper, um, of the grasshopper flitting around having fun and the ant just working hard. And okay. she's going to tie it in um, on sort of extemporaneously with a verse into uh, her home village of Fogwood of the lumberjacks and the charcoal burners uh, of the town and how through their hard work, um, they were able to provide and have enough money to trade to support, provide for their town. Um, and the hard work has to happen somewhere, whether the fortune of people have it or not. And the dice don't quite betray me. Not quite. That is a 26. Regular failure. Yep. Whole lot of All right, Raz. Raz takes off his hat. Sets it on the ground. Time for the rat to teach us about money. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to use performance as he walks up with a practiced, with a practiced hand. <laughs> for a natural performance. <laughs> as he, with a practiced hand, pulls out his, his journal. He sets it on the table, flips it open, flipping through a lot of pages, pulls out scroll upon scroll upon scroll of knowledge. And in Yusoki says knowledge, then in common says knowledge, then in Dwarvish says knowledge, then in Elvish says knowledge. The more knowledge you have, the more knowledge you obtain, the more you can teach others. You can sell your knowledge to people who are going somewhere unknown. You can sell the ability to teach someone a new language or be a translator so they can, and in Dwarvish, say, speak Dwarvish, although temporarily while you were there. 
knowledge is important. Knowledge is the cornerstone of the cornerstone to making money. Without knowledge, you can't achieve anything. Sometimes you just so need let me 20. show you my business plan. Yeah. <laughs> a wise answer, to be sure. As I've been listening to the group of you answer my fellow regents here with their various queries into their own crafts and their own ideas of what makes a proper character, I have seen a common thread running through the group of you. You've clearly been to a great many places and you've experienced a great many things which has led to a collective understanding that's very surface level. It's very basic. And from what I can tell, in most situations, not one of you has any amount of specific helpful knowledge required or that could really aid on those who are already familiar with the task. However, perhaps your greatest strength lies in your numbers. But any challenge presented before you so far, anything I've heard, is at least one of you willing to step forward and take a powerful lead. Raising the rest of you up and make you more efficient, far more than any one of you would have been alone. And you know what, Forge Master? I'll put the faith of the Gilded Coin behind him. Money. Quantity <laughs> has a quality all its own. You have the thrust of Gold Hand and the Guild of Coin. <laughs> you need two successes and Raz got them both. Yeah, got <laughs> both. That's an important one. Go get Go Barney. Rat. Go just put a 20 just on roll the 20s. Roshin's just like, hard work, and Goldhand's like, peasant. <laughs> <laughs> Why are you here? <laughs> hard work, sell things, <laughs> be born with money. <laughs> I can't exactly divulge the exact nature of my business plan. So you left Not to the council. <laughs> with two, better. two counselors that haven't yet spoken. Uh, there's the man in the much lighter plates with the stone helmet atop his head. Uh, who bears a much different tool, a uh, large, almost slightly curved and angular chisel of some kind with a flat beaten top. Uh, although these symbols clearly seem to be some degree of ceremonial, this one has obviously seen a little bit of use. He still sits uh, a couple seats to the left of the Forge Master and the opposite far end of the table across from the Fortunate is a dwarf set, hands folded, almost worked into his beard as he's been near motionless just listening to all of this. And uh, he sits with a an actual monocle perched in one eye with a fairly simple iron chain that loops back over an ear down to his vest. Now, there's no immediate sign of office or class that you can see for his guild. As he looks down the table, the optometrist. Uh, looks a couple of seats over. The guy with the stone helmet, who's just sort of sitting there. He's just sitting back in his chair. He has also not really reacted basically to all of this. It was the one that just did not respond in any capacity when Resume not a distraction. The old man stands. There's another one that's quite elder. His hair slicked back, actually almost without braid that you can visibly see smoothed back up from his forehead uh, his beard coming together into a pair of short braids that link forming almost a loop he's got a beard handle 
of white hair beneath his shin. How are you going to dwarf toss if you don't have the dwarf handle? Just, just, just but as he rises, no. uh, physically it's seeming, it seems lifting himself up from the armrest uh, before he puts his hands on the table in front of him. Shapes uh, down. Leaning a bit out towards it. The table's wood. No, I was just going to shape his armor around and give him a big bear hug. No, I'm just kidding. The other guy. Oh, bummer. This man has uh, what you would see in a council hall on the surface, almost. A well-made, but fairly plain jerk. And as he stands, you can see he has a codex on his hip. A very thick, bound tome uh, with no title or nothing written atop it. Uh, held by a leather strap onto his waist. As he stands up from the chair, he reaches down and undoes it to put the book on the table in front of him. Before going back to just leaning. Uh. Hi, Physic. Jalia Bowman. Of the Physic Guild. Uh, our service for the town of Cobbler is, I suppose, relatively simple and clerical, as will be my introductions. We serve to facilitate the word of law, manner of trade, the avenues of intersection between the various guilds. Ensure the wheels of every wagon are running smoothly. No forges without hammer. Our skills perhaps are not in goods, or in craft, or magic, or skill at arms, but in diplomacy, in resolving conflicts, whenever it may arise, in the simplest possible way, to compromise. And uh, as he speaks, I believe Resme is turning us off here. Oh, diplomacy. I can do that. But I'm not going to roll that. I'm going to roll society to understand. Society, yeah. Okay, uh, it's going to be a 33. Uh, 33, you will put together that... Oh, this is actually a super weird one for this guy to have. Uh, crafting. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, I just think you're, you're pulling BS on me at this point. Like, I'm not crafting? buying it. Crafting. Fortunate doesn't have it. Commander Bronzebeard doesn't have it. Crafting, crafting, crafting. The Archmage didn't have it. Crafting. <laughs> the Archmage should have crafting. So this is well. like seven like, of them have crafting. This is such a good time to be me. Machine. No, the Archmage did have it, but it was spellcraft. Twenty-nine. Arcana. Uh, for perception. perception. Uh. Not able to pick up on much from this man as he's... It's almost like he's reciting rather than uh, giving any sort of proper introduction. Like, he's, he's not really changing anything to uh, adapt to you. This is clearly an introduction that he's given a hundred, maybe a thousand times. And there's little to read from it. Rez? Society. Ooh. For 38... 38 will critically succeed. Oh, baby. Information. You're good at reading people who don't and, want to And uh, you would learn that from the title of the guild, the Physic Guild, it doesn't immediately sound like it would be like lawyers or bureaucrats. It sounds like it would be a doctor of some kind. Um, you're thinking back to what you've read. Dwarven society, uh, they're actually somewhat one and the same. Uh, doctors, like both, both, I guess both definitions of cleric... <laughs> are largely the same profession. 
So he, it is also the Guild of Medicine, the Guild of Physical Healing, and a knowledge of medicine would do well to impress him. Hmm. About... We technically have that. Yeah. <laughs> you can show him your potato! <gasps> All right. You can show me your d20. Show, I'll show you my d20 with my perception. That is Dang. a whopping... 33. Hey, you got one! Uh, additionally, kind of a little aligned with the medicine, a lot of the tenets of what you would learn that will fall into the survival skill oh, would also frequently too. be applicable. Knowledge of uh, what has led to a wound or an injury can make it much easier to treat to diagnose. So this practical experience could be very applicable. Rashik. 31, perception. 31. Uh, you pick up from this man that he is... Uh, he sees this very much as a simple legal proceeding. And should you... He, he's interested in what you know and how you can be useful to Cobbler. Whatever he's going to ask, he's not interested in ego or bragging about personal accomplishments. That would probably make any of you have a harder time no matter what it is you're doing with him. So, as he continues here, uh, additionally, as I frequently mention for uh, those groups who have come down from the surface, we also run the local hospital, treating to simple wounds, those uh, they don't call for uh, Magos or those without the coin to turn to one regardless. Uh, fixing broken bones and stitching voids in skin. But our applications are as much mental as they are physical and practical. And I suppose what I'm interested in is your ability to work with people. Your ability to provide aid. Some of you have provided introductions and spoken for each other even here, which bodes well. I'll ask a direct question. Let's say your friend's been having a hard time. What do you do to cheer him up? Hey, buddy, here's some flavor. <laughs> Y'all want some hash? <laughs> I don't know about that. I got some hash browns, though, with my tears. Here, take this slumber wine. You'll feel better in the morning. <laughs> You'll feel better in a week. <laughs> so, confirm. So, I have a 15 in both survival and... Uh, medicine, which is probably the best stats I have for this situation. I'm going to support somebody who needs it. Okay. I think you should go for it. You hear, a, about the you hear a toot from Raz. Are you sure? Yeah. You hear a... As Raz just steps forward. But, now, specifically... He's, he's stepping up. When you uh, tell him about your potatoes and your uh, natu natural remedies, don't talk about yourself. Talk about the process, what it does, what it can do for someone. He does not like brackets. Gotcha. Anyways, well, uh, we're gonna roll crafting. Breath has crafting. Crafting's pretty cool, huh? A good skill. Uh, for a. Uh, I see you switch d20s. I've been, I've been, oh, I've been rotating. That's just very noticeable. For a total of a uh, math twenty-seven. Twenty-seven will regular fail. Cool. Oh. In my experience, the, the best way to cheer up someone who is not feeling well is I'm not good at improv playing music. I'm not really good at playing music, but playing music, singing a song, doing that that kind of thing. I've learned a lot from a lot of different cultures. Um, and just play a little, what he can remember of a dwarven song on an instrument not dwarvish. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
I apologize if that is not the answer you're looking for. I am very tired. And just turns around his <laughs> straight legs back to the party. My transitions keep breaking. I'll uh, I'll go ahead and step forward, and I'm going to use crafting to tell him about what elixirs. powerful skill today. Yeah. But I'm going to talk about elixirs and uh, various formulas that I have that would be useful for him. And like, That's how you make a friend feel better? Yeah. I tell him, like, if you Remedies. need these... If you need help with something, I can make a thing that will help you feel better. He's saying he makes drugs. I'm going to Yo. I had to emphasize it Roll it. <laughs> so... 34. It's not a deserved success. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe the local dwarven culture is a little different on flyleaf abuse. I mean, he gets high with a little help from Recreational flyleaf is legal here. Yeah. Like, <laughs> there you go. Yeah, exactly. Right. I'm going to go ahead and give it a shot. <laughs> with my, oh, with... Okay, fair. Oh, yeah. Well, okay. All right, Mark. Potatoes. I'm going to use my tater logic. With my tater things and tater stuff. You got a medicine, this man? Yes, sir. Roll a 20. I really want you to critically succeed on this. Dang mm. it. Uh, somebody want to give him a hero point real quick so he can reroll that? Dang it, I really wanted to critically succeed with this. I really wanted to We critic. need the potatoes to succeed. Guys, <laughs> potato marshal. Cram the potato in his mouth. There. <laughs> Does you feel better? <laughs> what do you got? What's your total? 19. 19. Wow. Would you believe that 19 is not a critical failure? That's that good. Nice. You are. So. Right, please, just Crimson. barely. Crimson, if you got not one. a critical failure. Wait, love wait, this. wait, wait, wait. I think. Wait. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Do it again. You gotta bring us the potato. Do chink, better. Chink. Okay. We're doing this. Hold on, let me hand you a 20. You you grab the rotten potato out of the bag. You put that one back. Well, <laughs> that's for later. You, 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 you saved my butt with this before, so let's try it again. All right, let's do this. Wow, oh, okay. It's, 20, it's, it's not a 20, good. but it's going to be a 38. <laughs> that's that critically <laughs> six. <laughs> shall I? Life is shall good. I? So I walk up. <clears throat> so keep in mind, I'm still technically a little bit beat up from all the previous fights because I only healed so much. <laughs> so. I'm not very good at explaining <laughs> stuff. However, let me show you something. We found the magic cauldron, and it made these potatoes. And then I just kept making potatoes. So I just kind of slightly lift my jacket, take a bite out of the potato, and see the teeth marks from the performance slightly. <laughs> now, I eventually learned, oh, maybe it's just me and my natural abilities. But then uh, we had a one-armed friend who was near death, and I shoved a potato in her mouth. But she instantly came back to life. And I figured, oh, what better way to help everybody than to use these special potatoes that I learned how to use during battle and aid my allies with the tasty snack as well. I certainly wouldn't believe it were it not for the physical demonstration you've provided for us. Would you like one to, to go? I don't mind. I got plenty. You ju I just... St <laughs> Start He's... dumping all the potato like a giant pot with potatoes on the table. I start eating a potato. I'm interested to see if there's some oh, I almost forgot to these. Oh, I almost forgot. My apologies, sir. Here's some salt and pepper for flavor. Doesn't the staff also make potatoes now? Oh, I forgot about that. And then pull out the, <laughs> the, the, 
I, keep in mind, I modified the staff where I replaced the snake heads with potatoes. That's that's how that works. It's a rod of potatoes. He just stuck potatoes, potatoes on, on the ends. Yeah, that's all he did. Modified. And, well, then, and then I show him the staff and let him examine that as well. Ridiculous as it is, I mean, it's clearly successful, so he's definitely interested. Like, Marshall has managed to ring this man's curiosity for sure. He rang something. Tater so, magic. Tater magic coming in spicy oh, hot here. <laughs> I'm sorry. That's a hard act. Thank, <laughs> Thank you again, Crimson. Yeah. Thank Crimson. you, Crimson. Crimson. You're the potato. best, dude. I appreciate it. See, when I hand dice to people, they should roll them more. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. So, I'm afraid in my life I haven't had nearly as much luxury of being able to cheer up on unhappy friends as I would have liked. But I've often been one that's needed some cheering up in the past. And Resme here has been very good at it. And she's really been able uh, to turn my sorrow around. So, why doesn't she go ahead and tell you about the time? And I will roll diplomacy to aid. Ooh, it's a 23. You made it. Yay. You may have a plus one, Miss Resume. Um, so I was unclear from your explanation. Is diplomacy actually a skill I can roll for this I guy mean, just normally? I mean, you can roll diplomacy on anybody, but no, it's not going to be okay. Crafting medicine and survival. Um, so uh, I'm going to use crafting, and uh, mm. I'm going to tell him uh, about the night that I, she was upset because she can't not smell like blood and gore. And so we went through every ingredient in my garden and every ingredient I had in my alchemy lab trying to make you a pillow. Why do I smell so bad? So we could try to make her a perfume that would make her not smell horrible. Hey, let's rub this poison ivy on you, see if you feel better. To be fair, you still smell better than Marshall. You just took a bath. Really she categorically doesn't. Ah, I don't think so. Not. She I mean, mechanically doesn't. Mechanically. Ah, oh, it's a four. Mm. Under four. Uh, Twenty-seven. This sounds gonna regular fail. That's honestly out of all the rolls we've done today, hearing that is probably the best. That, there's been no ones. We had one one and it wasn't yeah, a critical it's failure. Not a lot of, we're getting up on. There's one council member left. Stop. That's fine. You're going to lay at least a 17 on the table. Stop Just out of curiosity, since I did that performing of a medicine check and to prove it, I do I heal some of the damage from it? It's the same day still. Oh. Whereas, Damn. that just leaves you. Already went. Oh, you two did. We did the two two. Never mind. Yeah, yeah we're, we're at plus two. Um, so. No, plus three. I We're at plus three. That's right. You succeeded. He's looking through these potatoes here still. They're not really oh. super loosening to yourself. <laughs> How do they work? Dwarves and potatoes. Like... <laughs> well, yeah. I'll admit, this is certainly an interesting situation. <laughs> uh, I hope you have barely answered my question. But... <laughs> I find myself not caring. That said, to the most simplistic here of my own examinations, as well as the Archmage. As far as I can tell, these are just regular potatoes. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what it is about them. Is They're it, just got is great it somehow quality. possible that and uh, he gestures and uh, the Archmage stands back up again. Uh, yes. I believe, as far as I can determine, there's nothing special about these potatoes. And perhaps... The Emberbeard here 
may very well have some latent magic in his blood. Seeming to be able to will things into existence by believing them already to be. <laughs> Weedin' boys. You are a solipsistic mage. You know. And the high physic. Really, high, those potatoes should have run out a long time ago. High physic bowman. <laughs> We never did ask where they were coming from. Well, no. this is he certainly... It's the high glycemic index. Well, this is certainly a strange <laughs> ability in. One whose depths I'm unclear exactly what they can perform. It'd be one in the times we're dealing with with Cobbler's current problems. We'd be glad to have on our side. And the resources of the Physic Guild are yours, friends. If my trust... Or at least my faith. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Nailed it. Thank God for so, starch. He sits back down. Leaving just you know, the stone helmet kind of sitting in the middle, sitting back in his chair. Looks across the group, yeah. He looks down one end of the table. Looks down the other end of the table. Let's cut kind of points to himself. <laughs> Before just sort of waving a hand. He just sits forward. Folding his arms on the table. He doesn't actually stand up. Mountain heart. Waltrod. Oidvam. Leader of Stonemasons Guild. Why should you, outsiders to Kovler, even be allowed to meddle in our affairs? Doesn't really give you much to go on, but you can he hates gauge us. what you can. He's not happy about relying on you guys. You can gauge what little you can here before you answer. Perception for a 24. Not much to go on. Uh, dude's a dickhead. Yeah. Um, so. <laughs> Perception. Uh, you're at 35. 35? Well, he's the leader of the Stonemason's Guild, so I mean... Crafting. 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 <laughs> <laughs> I don't think Shocker. we needed a roll for that one. Okay, I think it'll probably work. <laughs> Society. Hey, 14. Uh, 36. That die confuses the camera for some reason. Uh, I confused the 36, camera. you will critically succeed. Uh, stone masons are one of the more important jobs in Dwarven society for, for fairly obvious reasons, I would believe. Uh, and as such, not only does he probably certainly take his station and his job very seriously, uh, knowledge of society as a whole and dwarven culture and civilization are equally as important as his physical craft. So society would work here as well. You also gauge that it may very well not matter what you even say to this man. Uh, Mountainheart, a lot of him, very much seems like he obviously is utterly dismissive. Like the concept of a bunch of people being brought in for whatever problems Cobbler is having, whether he is just a staunch traditionalist or just very secular, you're not even positive it's possible to change this guy's mind. Rasheen. Perception of a pfft. I think that's 21. a number. Uh, with a 21, crafting probably works. Uh, crafting? Um, Hi, resume? Crafting works. Mm. That's a 20. Crafting? 
Oh, yeah, I've got that. Crafting will do. You could use crafting. crafting. So you could always craft. You're telling me this guy's more important than the woodworkers? Uh, I would, yeah, I would say like a well, he's a stonemason, <laughs> so yes. Stonemason and the oh. carpenters. I mean, stonemason's probably up there. Uh, he is you probably raise your hand nearly enough. Uh, he's probably second only to the forge master in uh, actual status in the council. So he rocks. He does definitely rock. Awesome. We need to go back and have a count of all the twos. I way. agree with this. Yeah, no, there are so many twos. I mean... Done with twos. Let's roll ones. Uh, I guess I'll step up. Okay. Well, actually, can I go first? Uh, uh, Roshin will step up. Aid in understanding an enemy is always useful, whether it comes from without or within. And, as Rosme will tell you, there's a great deal of experience we have with these foes and their methods. Uh, diplomacy to aid. I feel like, like obviously this is confirmation bias, but I feel like a full fifty percent of your rolls have been twos or fours. You are correct. Like, feels that way. Feels that way. It kind of does, yeah. Yeah, uh, so that's a twenty-two, three to eight. Oh, something uh, older. That's amazing. Plus one. And then Rizme, you're up. That's good. Uh. Hold on the spotlight. Uh, Rizme uh, will step up. And uh, she'll look at him and she'll say, I, uh, I fully understand your hesitation. We're strangers to you. And you have no earthly reason to trust us. But I know how to craft. So. But I know how to craft. Well, I don't know. That is yet to be proven because yeah. I've yet to roll above Actually, a four for the past like 10 You want, you want me to rolls. hand you a 20? Do better. Here, I'll I mean, help you. It helps me. do better. Do better. That yeah, is better. Demonstrably better. better. It's four times better. Uh, that's going to be a, a 38. 38 will critically succeed. And uh, I can understand where you're coming from. Um, in fact, one of the reasons why we came here to do what we do is because we don't trust anyone else to guard our home either. I wouldn't let somebody just come into Breach Hill and give them reign over my family and friends and everything that you hold there. <laughs> but um, perhaps we should put some skin in the game. And she'll walk over and she'll hand him the key to the gate. If we don't succeed in helping you, we don't get to go home. I'll just hand it back out to you. I prefer you did. I'm going to do a crafting to support my good <laughs> lizard buddy. With a 25. I'll succeed. You get a plus one. So Alrighty. I walk out there. I'm like, look, I can talk to you. Dwarf, dwarf. Let me show you something pretty amazing. Take a bunch of rocks, stack them up. Jersey. Do that thing! I have absolutely no clue. <laughs> it's, but. A, it's a comedy sketch now. The acid might. The arrow or the, the actual acid? I don't know how your stuff works. You figure it out. 
I have both. Which one would you want me to use? Whatever impresses the boar! Okay, well, fair enough. I'll uh, reach into my bag and grab some caustic material. And, uh... That's how I expected. It's a 25. 25's gonna regularly fail. Here you go, I suppose. <laughs> acid, it will melt stone. It will not do it super quickly. It's acid. I, mean, right, I don't form. know what he expected. Suddenly <laughs> 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 acid is melting before Society. For a 30... Three. Regular succeed. And Raj just looks in the eye. Are you are you a fool, or are you are you stupid? If you're paying attention to me, earlier, before I came here, I didn't really care what happens to your city. This is a means to an end for me. I get something out of this. These people, if you believe us, will cause harm, not just to my family or their friends and family, but to your friends and family, to your city. And we're offering to help. And to turn away and offer a help is like turning away a bag of gold with no strings attached. To some, it's foolish. Just, he's over this guy. He hates this guy. He leans, he leans back in his chair. Perhaps. Or perhaps you come here or it's some other plan of your own. Spinning tall tales of some triad or... There may very well be a portal that sent you here. Worst case, as I see it, you're working with them. Punching with one hand and reaching out an offer of aid with the other. Hoping to work yourself inside. Either way, I ain't seen nothing here today that tells me I have any reason to put Kothar's trust in you. And frankly, this whole thing's ridiculous. Kothar stood for generations its own merits and the council of regents ain't never faced the problem it couldn't handle on its own he sits back in his chair are we done and the forge master looks at him so i take it you'll not put the stonemason skids thrust in these folk then he just shakes his head and just kind of looks down, starts fiddling with his belt. And so, Thunderflare stands back up. Fine then. Well, the Council of Regents is far from one ruling body. We're all the heads of our own guilds, and from what I've heard here today, it seems a fair share, more than a majority, are willing to put our trust and support in you. Without Yen. Those of you who choose to welcome your aid, to take it for what it is, a gesture, a good faith, and assistance, deal with the problem that you know well, and in return, we'll offer you what we can. Now, and uh, gestures again to all the regions at the table. I thank you, guild masters, each and all, for joining me here this eve meeting with these folk and hearing their tale the story of this triad this portal it could be related 
The problems some of you have brought to me already. Some of you are, some of you have brought before this very council. They may very well not be. But it'd be beyond unwise to simply write it off. It'd be foolish to ignore it. So, let's get down to business then. Here's what I, at the very least, can tell you. Next week, we got a lot of information. <laughs> and next week, will we have an info dump squid? Next week, the guilds that decided that it is worth having our literal free assistance of the incredibly high-leveled Pathfinder party who has come down there to help the city. We're here to help. Mm -hmm. I, I don't know. Hey, Trishik. You want to help us? Mm. How's the traffic going in Kavlar? <laughs> you moved no. on from other to traffic? There is no traffic. Oh. Sports was next. You guys do not have uh, vehicles. Help us out. So, thank you, all of you, for coming. Thank you, all of you, for hanging out. Being here with us for our Council of Regents, Dwarven Diplomacy, Going well enough. What we end up at, like diplomacy. seven and three. Yep, seven. Yeah, and three. seven and three. Yeah, yeah, seven That's three. pretty good. Archmage. We should have had the archmage. Dude, That's a C. we have three. Oh no, passes. you missed a four. Archmage said no. Gilda Coin said no. Carpenter said no. And a stonemage. Gilda Coin said yes. Oh, Gilda Coin said you flipped the yeah, Gilda Coin. Right. Yeah, we got there. You got there because you did that last crit and you got it. So yeah. it was the archmage, the carpenter, and the stonemason. Yep. yep. So you know if you. Purchase a plot of land that need help constructing a building. You guys are gonna have a bad time, um, but otherwise, I, I think the carpenter liked us. And and I mean, in all honesty, I don't need the archmage. We got we got plenty of magic here. He's 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 a on sucker. That side of we should oh, we should have had the archmage. I have my own magic. It hits the pile of magic. Dude, the pile of twos. Don't look at me. Tell. I can't succeed. That was not mine. I really. I'm really curious. The the twos, it was like specifically no. twos and fours. It was incredible. There the were if this was there a were... boss fight, everyone would be dead. No, it yeah. was the most ridiculous it thing I've ever fight. seen. Like, there were like nothing. I mean, if it was a boss well, fight, we would have been opinion? dead because I had no spells either. Also so. fair. <laughs> have you seen the weather today? This Why? Is... What is this? No, no, I mean, have you actually seen? It was 50-something degrees at like 11 o'clock. It felt great. In Florida. The yes. first day of spring, yes. right? I mean, it's north central Florida. We have at least two seasons of fake spring yeah, north that we have Florida to get here. through. Yeah, this is like middle Alia of the state. For being here. It's been a bad day. Of course, Paizo was always thank you for sponsoring yes, our fine show. You. We're glad you have us. We have a great time being here. We will return next week with most 70%. That's a pretty good majority. It yeah, would ratify an amendment to the U.S. Constitution, but it would not quite pass an old school RuneScape poll. So you're somewhere <laughs> in the middle there. What's more important? At this moment? <laughs> RuneScape. You've got a pretty good amount of support. Next week, we start trying to track down the triad and figure out what exactly they're up to. Good night, everybody. And hopefully, we'll see you then. Are you just trying to jingle your fingers as much as physically possible? Yeah. You're doing good. It's good jingling. Breaking news.